The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome into a football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live, a free beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live as well as we'll make you a winner in hour number three of today's three-hour program. We are... Locked and loaded, ready to go on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We are on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And you can watch the program on Facebook Live and on YouTube. We got a ton of guests to get to on today's program. We'll talk a little golf and some baseball playoffs with Mully coming up uh, later on this hour at 4 o'clock. We'll make our week four NFL picks. Tony Dunn will join us on the Fixed NC Live Line. We'll do that coming up at 4. Preview Panthers-Cowboys and all the other NFL games this weekend. At 425, Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, joins us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Also in the 4 o'clock hour, former Pirate and now a member of the Cubs organization, Jake Washer, the former Pirate backstop. We'll be live in the Pirate Radio studios with us. We'll catch up with Jake and talk about his season as a professional baseball player. Also, Morgan Aylers, voice of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, will join us at 5 o'clock. Brian North at 5.20. And Parmalee will be playing the halftime show at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday, planning to hook up with Matt Thomas of Parmalee coming up in hour number three as well. So we are... Ready to roll here on a Friday. We got Shirley Rhodes, the big dog producing, and Troy D is alongside. Hello, Troy. Damn, that's a big show. I, I mean, <laughs> that's a lot to do. We're going to try to fit all this we in. We might have to go more than three hours. We might have to just do that, uh-huh. although we have the high school huddle and no, Conley football. You're right. Huge night of programming. Management up. frowns upon it. And uh, another guest joins us now on the Fixed NC Live line, Eric Ward from ECU Marketing, getting ready for another East Carolina home game and a huge game coming up Saturday. Pirates in the Green Wave. Eric, welcome back to the program. It's a Friday tradition for you to join Troy D and I now. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on, uh, Clip and Troy, and looking forward to a beautiful day tomorrow with a uh, Pirate game day. We keep thinking we'll run out of stuff to talk to you about, Eric, but you keep adding new curveballs in these things that we want to find out about. So let's first talk about the, uh, hopefully the highlight of the game tomorrow is not Parmalee. You know, hopefully it's the actual game, but how awesome is it Parmalee putting on a free concert at halftime? Now, a lot of people have questions about this. Where exactly is this going on at halftime? Yeah, so uh, we are setting that up on a, uh, what my understanding of it is it's going to be a uh, kind of a tractor pull stage that we're going to drive on uh, out by the Boneyard right there at halftime. And then uh, they're going to play two or three songs for the crowd, uh, get the place fired up for the second half. Uh, I am just really appreciative that they're going to be there. Uh, 
I was talking with Tom McClellan earlier this week, and you guys might know a lot more about this than me, but uh, nobody seems to remember us ever really having a uh, a concert-type deal, per se, for halftime. So something a little bit new and exciting for fans. Hopefully uh, gets a few more butts in the seats and uh, gets that place rocking. Yeah, the only time I see that is like you know during a Super Bowl or like maybe an Orange Bowl, they have a, a live band, a live event. This is, I think, a first for ECU, which is pretty cool. Um, is, so is the band get to play at all, or will will Parmalee take up most of the halftime? Because the halftime's still the same amount of time, right? Yes, we've uh, made some adjustments to our halftime structure to accommodate uh, both the traditional Marching Pirates uh, halftime show as well as with Parmalee. So uh, they've done a really great job. They're having a slightly reduced uh, band show, uh, and the students are all really fired up to kind of share the stage with Parmalee, per se. So. Uh, we will fit it all in together. It'll be a jam-packed halftime. All right. Well, you got my attention. I usually like to go out and visit with folks or uh, get an ice-cold pirate beverage at halftime. I- I'm going to stay in my seats and watch this halftime spectacular, Eric. So you've got uh, you've got a lot of people talking about that. I think the stadium will probably stay full, hopefully, for a halftime. That'll be pretty cool. What about the pregame? They're doing something pregame acoustic-wise, too, right? Yeah, they're doing uh, what we're calling a pop-up acoustic show in the Carl and Connie uh, Rogers Pirate Club area. So uh, that area right there underneath the tower uh, that is accessible, I should say, by all Pirate Club members. Uh, They're doing a quick little pop-up show, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, Nothing overly complicated, but it would be a nice opportunity if you're a Pirate Club member to check them out uh, briefly pregame and and maybe even get to meet the band a little bit. All right, sounds cool. 3.30 kickoff. It is homecoming. Uh, You guys are... Is what is it officially a purple out a, a purple rain game? What is this called? Yeah, this is our painted purple. Game. Painted purple. So that's it. And are encouraged to uh, wear purple. Yep. So this will be the uh, second out of three color out games, and uh, as we've done many times over the years, we will have our painted black game for the upcoming uh, Thursday night game against USF. Yeah. All right. So we had the uh, the gold out last week. Got the purple painted purple game this week, and then uh, the blackout for the thursday night game that's right all right just make sure i got it right when does the lots open up coming up tomorrow yeah 9 30 a.m sharp uh it's going to be a great day for tailgating my understanding is it's going to be beautiful perfect fall football weather so hopefully uh i i don't know if you guys noticed but i thought the the lots were humming last weekend uh fairly early it seemed like it was a really great tailgating scene and i expect tomorrow to be basically the exact same all right, uh, I think so. I think the weather's going to be perfect. And uh, clip the defense rest. I'm done with my questions. I have no further questions for uh, right, the. Yeah. We'll yeah. go back to our chambers and the uh, well, we'll let the witness go for now. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, any anything else you want to get out there, Eric? While we got you on. No, I just think it's going to be a really uh, great game. Uh, I thought our, our second quarter last week, in particular, the, the stadium was rocking. Uh, we just need to bring the energy this week it's a big game for east carolina and uh any and all help uh with a great home atmosphere is much appreciated uh for our football program so let's go out tomorrow and uh win all right any uh thing about the heat advisory Can, are fans able to bring water in or is that in effect or not i got i gotta ask it for uh at, literally asking for a friend <laughs> no uh temperatures will not be high enough for there to be a heat man all right no water people <laughs> 
tough, tough. You'll have to wait in line at the stadium. I do have one question, Eric. Um, are you joining us from Iraq? There is a pause before you answer every question. <laughs> I thought we were and on it's a like delay. those TV yeah. interviews where the, the person pauses for like five seconds. Got you on a satellite. Are you in Greenville? I am sitting in historic scale. Oh, okay. That, explain. that explains it. There All right. Is, uh, there it is. What's going on in the building? It, it is a thick walls over there scales. It's that like is, a time portal once you walk in there. It's the safest building on campus next to Brewster. You can't destroy that thing if you wanted to. They even dropped a beam on it during the construction, and it's still standing. Uh, <laughs> Eric, thanks, we man. We actually did have a backhoe that hit the building as the tower was getting built, and we had uh, no issues there. So. You. you had to repair the backhoe. <laughs> All right, Eric. Thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you guys. Go Pirates. All right. Thanks, man. We'll see you out there Saturday. That was a Eric strange from, delay there. He's like, athletics. you know, five minutes from us, Troy, and uh, yeah. uh, sounded like he was uh, way across the country. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, speaking about backhoes, uh, we had a great night in Greenville last night. Wow. Is this the kind of uh, material we're doing here no, gonna... at 3 o'clock on a Friday? I'm just joking. I was joking. The kids just got out of school. <laughs> oh, so that supposed to be funny? <laughs> hey, Dad, turn on Pirate yeah, Radio yeah, Live. Right. Sorry, yeah, that was, the, that, was, that was nighttime content. Troy's doing his George Carlin set today. I mean, I didn't even post that on, on Facebook. Yeah, no, oh, that, that was a good move. Don't post it on Facebook. The Facebook folks can't handle that. Yeah. I do have we it. did have a great interview last Last night with one of ECU's famous alums. Yeah. That's on our Twitter and Instagram. No problems on Twitter and Instagram, by the way. People thought it's awesome. Facebook, it would be a problem. Yeah. Problematic. You got to know your audience. Yeah, we know our audience. Yeah. yeah. You got you can't treat all social media the same. Sometimes we, you know, we yeah. don't do this show in church, you know. Right. You can do it at a sports bar. Right. Something like that. That's right. All right, Troy D, you did not wait until today did to not. give out your prediction for this game. You I did not early. wait till Monday show. I know. You, I got I got was eager beaver Sunday. You went uh I think you went less than twenty four hour rule I did. after I did. the previous I, game. Twenty four hour rule. Sunday <laughs> night the the uh the feeling in the gut must have been strong. I just you know, I I really feel if the if if Donnie can call a good game, because I feel like we've got the players that can do it, Donnie can call a good game, the pirates can win this thing. Has they, he called good games? I think at moments there's been great calls. At times there hasn't. And then I think there's been execution problems. I think it's been, it's not any one thing. I think there's been a number of things at times where ECU has looked great and has looked bad and, and sometimes in between. If they can put it together, Clip, as we said, and it, even if it's not four quarters, they can put together three great quarters. Imagine what this team could do. One great quarter in the case of last weekend. Right. That's it was enough to win that's the game. That's not going to be enough. One quarter is not going to get it not, It's going to take Correct. four. You're going to have to do – you can pull a Marshall. It's going to take four quarters. Or at least three out of four. Three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> but I do feel ECU – Do I hear two? Do I hear two? <laughs> <laughs> I do feel uh, ECU can, can find a way to win this game. I don't think it'll be easy. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, but I like their chances. A lot of factors here. You got East Carolina at home trying to get to three and two. Tulane has beat them three times in a row. Tulane came in here last year, embarrassed East Carolina. So, uh, and Tulane's a desperate team right now. It yeah. should be a really good college football I, game. Both teams up. are hungry, Clip. Yeah. And both, this game matters to both teams, and it means something. And I really I mentioned it to Jeff Charles earlier today. I, I think this is one of those fork in the road games. You know, if you win this, it can propel you. To, I don't want to say a great season. It could, could pr- propel you to success this season. And success being a six-win season, a bowl game, uh, postseason play. That would be great success for this team right now where we are with this program. A loss 
this game could propel you in the other way. It could break your spirit a little bit. You could get down. You got a couple of tough stretch coming up after this. Do you, does it give you enough momentum or do you, do you lose momentum at that point? And do you end up being a three or four win team at the end of the season? I think that's the difference in this game. I think a win versus a loss is, a, is the difference between postseason and not postseason. Then just the debate will be what will the record be? And I think the nature of this game, like it, I think it's going to be a rock fight. It's going to be physical. It's going to be kind of a grudge match situation. Two lanes of physical team. They're going to come in here and try to bully, I think, on the lines. So if you see response to that and gets over that hump, then it's okay we're fine you know or not we're fine but that you know i don't know we overcame that challenge yeah you're and playing like you a little said, bit with house money going into next week right is what i'm saying next week you've yeah. got the you know you're the big bad ucf but if yeah. you if you go in there with a win you know nobody's expecting east carolina to go and stomp all over ucf no so but then, you come in there with but with, you, with you good got, old mo correct and confidence <laughs> momentum and anything can happen. We talk a lot about the path to six wins. Part of that path was going two and two September. Mm-hmm. In September, they accomplished that. Uh, the other parts are, are beating USF, beating Navy, beating Temple, who East Carolina will be favored in in at least two out of three of those games, I would think. And and the last part of it is, is winning this game because if you don't win this game, you're going to have to pull one off against Central Florida on the road, Houston on the road, Memphis on the road, right. or beat Cincinnati, right. who at that point in the season could be playing for a playoff. Correct, Troy D. Right. So out of those choices, I think your opportunity to win is tomorrow. Right now in front of Right. Me. That's the best chance you have. Not that those games that aren't can't be victories. ECU already went on the road and won as a double-digit underdog this year. Right, it could but, happen. Right. But let's but be honest. That's not the easiest path. It's not the easiest <laughs> path, and, and those are more unlikely yeah. scenarios. Uh, not impossible, but unlikely, where tomorrow is a very possible scenario if everything comes together. You know, once again, this team's capable of doing it. This team's also capable of laying an egg. Which team will come up? And sometimes we've seen both teams in the same game. We've seen it the last two games, really. Yeah. So it's just a matter of them being able to put the pieces together at the right time and taking care of business. Troy, uh, big time halftime show coming up. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited about that. That's pretty cool. And yeah. uh, we'll talk to Matt Thomas coming up in hour. It's a good three. get right yeah. there. Uh, and, you know, Parmalee to us, to East Carolina, is kind of like what. Uh, who, uh, uh, King of Analogies has got one. <laughs> it, I've got. It's uh, Luke. Um, he was the app guy. Luke the the Brian? big guy. No, Luke Bronze, the skinny guy. Yeah. Uh, Combs. Luke Combs, Luke Combs is an at, Parmalee is to us what Luke Combs is to at Glad State. we got that in the show. That's, yeah. that's a good one. You could have done like Scotty McCreary and NC State. Very similar. That's a good you one, big dog. I should have gone. gone Scotty McCreary is. The, yeah, everybody. I didn't, I didn't understand it before, but now that you guys are yeah. saying this, I totally it seems get like it. every university has. And you know what? UNC has Chase Rice. I don't know who that is. Well, he's a. They're all country people. Is what I'm saying. Them, he played football. Now as a country music. He's a huge country star now. So each school has like a big country act. The guys that are alums from that school. These aren't fans. They're people that actually attended the university. I think that's kind of cool. You know, Charlotte like, has Mick Jagger. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> At least this week, or, or some guy that looks like him. <laughs> is the OG uh, 
Darius Rucker in South Carolina. South yes, Carolina. very similar. Is that, that the OG? Dad. Is that the first? Is that the first guy like first was musician, a, a musician to ever go to college? Really like <laughs> would like to well, attach himself. REM had uh, has Athens in Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, yeah. They, that, and I don't know whether they went there, but that's where they started. That's their hometown. Is Troy yeah, D so. trying to vie for the next music trivia on Pirate Radio? Well, that was pretty good. Uh, good pull. But Parmalee, when I was in school, they went by the Thomas Brothers. They were just a duo, just playing, you know, acoustic guitar. And then they kind of start and they, rock they, and went. Yeah, they were playing other people's music down at Splash and you know Sports Pad or wherever it happened to be downtown. And it was really they were just nice guys. I remember when they left Greenville to go to Nashville, right? Going to Nashville, calling themselves Parmalee. What? You know, it was kind of a, at the time we're like, hey, well, good luck, you know. But hey, give the guys credit, man. They paid their dues, and it's the great American success story. They started at the bottom. And now in the country music world, they're right at the top now. So I think it's awesome. And I remember when they played Freeboot Friday um, a few years ago, guys, it was the biggest crowd I'd ever seen at Freeboot. If you're Willie Fritz, do you take and look at this and say, look, these guys are treating it like it's their Super Bowl. They got a halftime show. They got a pregame concert. Our third Super Bowl of the year already. <laughs> I've never seen so many Super Bowls in one year. This is a Super Bowl-like halftime for ECU. You're going to have you know. the band up there with a band. Like, it's, it's yeah. all very. The band has a damn band. This is a big game. Welcome to Homecoming. This is how we do it at ECU. Pretty impressive. Pretty yeah. impressive stuff. It was announced yesterday that Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige will be at the halftime show of the Super Bowl this year, Troy D. I probably asked you last year if you could make the. Catered to Troy D, who would be your Super Bowl halftime show? Uh, I'd probably have to have Jimmy Buffett in there, okay. first of all. Uh, and I'd have to I'd have to get a few other guys in there, too. Who was, I, I would love probably a group from the 80s. Uh, probably like a REO Speedwagon or a Journey. Okay. Probably maybe a Lionel Richie, perhaps, for a couple of his more So you're doing songs. like a combination show. I'm doing show. a combination show, yeah. yeah. you got to do a combo show. I mean, yeah. that's kind of right. what they do now. Anyway. Right, yeah. and, and I like that they have a theme this year. Like, all these people were produced by Dre, so it kind of makes sense to put it all under one umbrella. Versus well, it being... Not, and the fact that they are from the L.A. area, maybe with throw, the exception right. of Eminem. I, I throw Phil Collins in there, but I saw a video of Phil Collins touring. With, I don't know if it's with Genesis or just him right now. Man, he sounded bad. He looked like he, I, I don't know if he's in a wheelchair. It I just think, wasn't the Phil Collins that I know and love. You I think know? you got to have. And sometimes when you see him like that, you're better off not seeing them yep. like that and hearing them like, like that. Like sometimes you see Mick Jagger at a bar in downtown But Charlotte. Mick Jagger <laughs> looks the damn same as he did in 1979. I think. It's incredible. That guy has not changed. I think he sounds the same. He looks the same. I saw Mark Packer it's, was at the show. We should, next, I, next time we get him on, we need to ask him how it was. I think dude. the dude's like a robot. I mean, is he even a real person at this point? Yeah. Is he a cyborg? Like, some vampire stuff going on there he or it could just be a whole weekend at bernie sham like we only ever see him propped up <laughs> yeah. He's not, yeah brown sugar <laughs> they it's got all a, playing they dude. got a yeah a voice track that goes <laughs> yeah, over yeah yeah <laughs> there's strings concerts. moving his mouth up and down <laughs> i mean it's incredible that he's still going at that it, is you know? crazy that they are still rocking they and just rolling. lost one didn't they yeah, yeah the drummer they just lost the drummer my first you guys know my first concert ever right the who Oh wow! I sat front. Ro- I won front row seats from WRDU back uh, when they were a one oh six one in Raleigh, yeah. the home of rock and roll back then. I won front row seats from WRDU to the Who in nineteen eighty nine. That's when a they Carter played Finley. Carter Finley. It was unbelievable. 
was an amazing that is job. cool that's I'll, a good story i thought about them recently because like we were talking about parmalee kind of coming up in these small and everybody's like i saw them in a small room the stadium shows like, are pretty cool the who uh coming up with like the kind of rock they play yeah. in those small venues i bet that was awesome but yeah to see the who and like i can't uh, even picture that, the that. 80s or it, 90s it was 89 yeah late 80s I, was, I can't even picture the who like at a club like, I know, you know like yeah. hootie came back and played yeah, attic i was there the stadium show the sta- like i can only picture them playing a stadium it's like you yeah. too at one oh, point, yeah. U2 was kind of an up-and-coming band. Did you the, go uh, and they went to Raleigh with all the big theatrics and everything? No, like, I wish I did. That's yeah. My two regrets is I didn't go to U2 and I'm... I, and I meant Pink Floyd. When uh, they played uh, Carter Finley. God, when they had the, you know, the floating... What year was that? Yes. That was yes. in the late 80s, too. It might have been 88 wow. that year. That would have been awesome. That's uh, once in a lifetime stuff. Yeah, I wish... Uh, my regret was I had a chance to go and I didn't go. And now I'm like, oh, man, how did I pass that up? You know? I passed up tickets to see Tina Turner. And unfortunately, I did not get a chance to. You were not rolling on the river. No, no. It goes because the concert was like on a Tuesday or something. Yeah, I hate those. Tuesday and concerts. you know, having to drive, and at that time, I got up really, really early in the morning, and I just didn't want to take that trip and not have enough sleep. So I passed, and I regret that to this day. Good music talk here on a Friday. Troy, uh, we'll be here eleven thirty a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll do a couple of tailgate check-ins with you. Yeah, coming up on Saturday. Touchdown, Tony Collins said he would be one of the guests at the uh, tailgate zone. So yeah, we got uh, get ready for a Tony appearance. Touchdown, Tony. I talked to a former Pirate and Peach Bowl member, Mark Washington, will be in attendance. Uh, the Chancellor, Philip Rogers threatening to stop by hmm. uh for an appearance if so we'll we'll do an all like making sure y'all are like behaving like, <laughs> no, no, I, <laughs> sounds kind of dangerous i invited him and okay. he, he said he'd be there so right. uh we'll hope to have him like so, the chancellor's coming by to check on the frat house like right, i don't yeah. know about these like, are you sure everybody tighten up sure this is positive yeah, that's a good idea yeah, check your gpas too please <laughs> so uh big uh big saturday on tap we'll be with you after the game myself weave and the crew on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show yeah, although gonna... it was funny because I was with my son yesterday, uh, Bryce, and he met uh, Chancellor Rogers for the first time. And I said, you know what he does? He's like, no, nah, not really. I said, well, I said, do you know what you're – he's kind of like, you know how your principal is at middle school, you know, Miss Harris. I said, he's he's kind of think of – he's like the Miss Harris of ECU. He goes, oh, he's the chancellor. I said, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I said, he's the principal. He didn't need the analogy, Troy. Yeah. Like, he... None of us do. <laughs> He's but, he's had so many so over his you life. Break out he's the very... analogies on your kids. Oh, all too. the time. Absolutely. I, I, listen, I treat you just as I treat my children. Thank you. Yeah, I, like I don't make exceptions for people. I treat everybody the same. Treat everybody like kids. Uh, Troy, can I have Chico's tonight? <laughs> Actually, I'm thinking about getting takeout clip. There you go. I will, if you would like some, would you like a takeout dish tonight? Uh, no, I'll all hit right. you up. Uh, I thought about going, but then I figured Chico's probably going to be slammed. That's Maybe I'm just be better off. It is. You're better get, to get takeout. Takeout. Let, if call. it takes an hour, I can order it an hour ahead of time i won't be in a rush i'll Good be a free boot free boot friday we got our uh more shirts we got some newer shirts purple shirts for the purple painted purple game saturday pirate vibes only. we got pirate vibes only shirts in purple so uh and they're very cool prints on the back too we did with the our pirate radio circle decal i went by shimmer a couple weekends ago to get my daughter she likes the brands they have there those shirts yeah um, very popular they got the, the hey dude shoes the girl they do the girl working was wearing a pirate vibes only shirt yeah I told her hey nice shirt it looks good looks so good. we'll have those at ube uh well we'll be at ube but we'll have those at freeboot to sell and then uh ube also open 
tonight and all day tomorrow for game day if you need more gear they've got man i was there today stores packed they got all new stuff coming in too it's just in time troy will uh talk to you tomorrow sounds good see you all guys right. take a time out we'll come back mully will join us mlb playoffs beginning potentially monday if there is a tiebreaker game the wild card begins on tuesday the Braves are in. They will play their first game next Friday. Talk about all that, some golf, some football, and more when we return after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. <laughs> I was trying to pull up my live ads. I messed that up. Sorry. Okay, welcome back to the show. Uh, need some beer for the weekend? Apparently, I do already. The Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Euro Pub is a specialty shop selling uh, craft, domestic, and import brews, along with wine and growlers. The bottle shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries, along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a busy Friday. We got a ton of guests to get to. Tony Dunn going to join us for our Friday picks coming up at 4 o'clock. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show in the 4 o'clock hour. Former Pirate catcher, now a member of the Cubs organization, Jake Washer going to join us at around 440 morgan aylers at 5 brian north 520 matt thomas of parmalee coming up at 540 we're going to try to get all these folks in and uh, keep this baby rolling right now we'll talk some football baseball and golf with mully mike mullis here on a friday edition of pirate radio live mully how you doing man Good, bud. How are you? Doing good. Uh, a quick look at the Buccaneer Music Hall leaderboard. Harold Varner III, uh, one under on the day, and that's got him tied for ninth currently as he is eight under par at the Sanderson Farms Championship in Jackson, Mississippi. Will Zalatoris lighting it up today, 11 under on the round uh, to have him 13 under for the tournament, Mully, as uh, Harold was one shot back at the lead going into Friday this morning, Mully, and uh, still looking for that elusive first win, but playing pretty well this weekend. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, he had a great day yesterday. I think the end of the day at like 7. Uh, must be off to a slow start. How far along is he in his round clip? He is done for the day, Mully. Finished the day one under, so eight under for the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm sure he's a little disappointed in that round. Yesterday, obviously, a great round, and uh, you know, Zalatoris, I, yeah, he's, he, he, man, what a good young player. And it's so funny, man. I, it's just the, kind of the nature of where golf is right now. Uh, you know, coming off the Ryder Cup and watching the young guys uh, out there doing their thing. And then, you know, when, when, when your oldest guy's 30, what, DJ's 36, 38, something like that, and they, they literally referred to him like he was the grandfather of the crowd, uh, you know, there's the, the, the youth, the fountain of youth. Uh, is just springs eternal with talent out of the PGA Tour right now. 
Molly, as you followed the Ryder Cup last week, uh, I try to look at it uh, and compare it to other sports. Like, it kind of like we're not used to the Browns being good. So even though they are good this year, we're going to think they're going to somehow screw it up eventually. Uh, I guess you could use it for the Braves. They're going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to make the World Series. Last year, watching the Ryder Cup with the the success Europe has had over the years were you watching that even as usa expanded that lead thinking all right it's not over yet or did you just see that complete domination continuing because the usa had a a pretty easy go at it didn't they last week yeah you know i think uh in in day two at the end of day two it it was almost uh insurmountable lead uh and not just my opinion but what you know what the, the announcers and all were saying, and looking at the history of where those scores stood. So, I mean, I you know, it, it's funny, and we talked about it a little bit before the Ryder Cup that on paper, again, we had the best roster, we had the most ranked guys, blah blah blah. But the U.S. has just had such a tough time uh, in dealing with it, and I think there was a tremendous uh, home course advantage uh, this year with the way Whistling Straits was set up, and uh, I mean, I, I you know. All signs pointed to if they were if they were not going to win that one, I don't know when they were going to win one. So, yeah. uh, no, I felt you know I felt pretty confident going in going into singles that there was pretty much no way uh, that I mean it would have taken just an epic collapse. Uh, but I didn't think there was any way that the Euros would get back in it. Mike Mullis joining us, Mully Sunday Night Football. I don't know why, but I thought under a minute no timeouts that packers and and rogers didn't have enough time to get down the field set up mason crosby for a field goal i did not know that the niners were just going to leave Devontae adams open uh he had 12 catches in that game thought they might have put some attention on him but rogers surgical at the end of a game uh spikes it pumps the fist crosby hits the field goal packers win it was uh i said this watching the manning stuff on monday night football it makes me miss peyton manning uh when he was a player and we should appreciate the greats while they're playing and i know you've got a a little love hate deal with aaron Rodgers, the way he acts the way he pouts but man to to watch greatness like that is still awesome and uh, it was on display on sunday night yeah i, I yes he was great but yeah, I agree with you. As good as he was, hold on, got an ambulance coming. Up. Oh dear! As good as as good as he was, you're right. That defensive scheme from the 49ers or <laughs> lack thereof. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, what do you think that the guy that you go listen? Just don't let Devontae Adams beat us. Like you, you got, if you got to put three guys on him, you can't let him beat us. And that's, I mean, they couldn't have made it any easier. But He had 12 catches, Molly. He had 18 targets in the game. They threw to him 18 times, and he was, what, three for three, two for two on that last drive. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, let's just, let's just look at the roster. Who else are they going to throw it to? Right. I mean, it's kind of a limited menu. So I, but that's, that's how good both those guys are. And, and I, you know, I've heard lots of people say this, and I agree 100%. If I'm Devontae Adams, I'm going to Aaron Rodgers and going, all right, what are we doing next year? <laughs> where, where, where are we going? Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, that's where uh, – of course, now he could cash a huge check and go anywhere in the league at being a free agent as well. But, I mean, they do, they do definitely have a uh, special chemistry. 
Packers got the Steelers coming up. You got Tom Brady returning to Foxborough this Sunday. Panthers uh, putting their three and zero record on the line against the Cowboys. So another fun uh, NFL Sunday coming up. Another big college football Saturday coming up. Mully and I don't know as a, a guy who was uh, a player on the field for many years, Mully, and as a coach. How do you let's go from the coach perspective? How do you talk to your team after you win a game where you were favored by twenty five and you eke it out by three, like East Carolina did last week? Well, what's the mindset of a coach after a, a victory like that, where it was a it was a win, but man, it was one of the ugliest wins you could, you could find. Well, I think if I were to say what I would have said as a coach <laughs> in that situation, this would probably be my. Uh, last opinion. We don't want that to happen. So give us the the G version. I, 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 I mean, it just you know, it's it's one of those deals where obviously, you know, uh, a win's a win, and blah blah, all those things. And yeah, that that's true. But man, you know, all, and I heard you say earlier in the week, and I think it's very appropriately put that all wins are not created equal. Uh, and that that was that was as close to a loss as you could have and still come out ahead, in my opinion. And I think it's one of those things, as a coaching staff, it creates more questions than answers. And, I, I you know, I, so I, I think, uh, I don't know, I, it's obviously got to be a, hey, we're going to turn the page and let's go out and play well. But I'm telling you, man, I, this Tulane team, this game, I, if we go out and repeat the effort that we had last week, um, it, it could be a long day at Dowdy Fick. Expecting a much better effort coming up on Saturday. 3.30, we'll be with you 11.30 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Molly, it's a great slate for college football. I know people are sick of the SEC, but I'll be watching Florida, Kentucky, and um, Arkansas and and, and their game, uh, taking on Georgia, and, uh, of course, Alabama, Ole Miss. Do you think Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss can, uh, can keep up with Bama on Saturday, Molly? You know what? For some reason, I got this weird feeling that Lane Kiffin – it just seems to be, is there anything more Lane Kiffin than to go and beat Alabama? It would kind of be fitting for the year we're in, too, Molly, with Clemson with two losses, Ohio State has lost. It wouldn't, you know. I mean, it's bizarro land. And it's, yeah. Uh, and, and then, obviously, if that happens, man, does that really throw some fuel on the USC fire as it relates to uh, Lane Kiffin? Well, hey, wait. I mean, I, They're going to bring him back? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I just think it's—I I think it's at least a possibility. I don't think it's a probability. <laughs> you know, other than the other than the tarmac dismissal, uh, you know, I, I don't know. They, I would think USC's looking to splash, and I don't think there would be any more. There's nobody else they could hire that would create more publicity than if they were to hire Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, Molly, now that you bring it up, like he has lived like three lifetimes, and he's forty six years old. Like, yeah, I mean, he was the head coach of the freaking Raiders, at Tennessee, USC, and he's still like a relatively young coach. No, it, it's it, well, he's a relatively young man. Yeah, I mean, I you know, regardless of what his occupation is, no, I, I, I mean. I don't know. The dude's kind of a lightning rod, and I, I, uh, I just uh, nothing, nothing, nothing would surprise me. I don't know what's going on with Molly over there. Well, you, uh, you golfing this weekend? What are you doing, Molly? I, I, well, I, you know, we we got a lot of stuff going on, so I don't know exactly how all the tips will fall. But uh, yeah, I think at some point I'll 
I'll maybe find an opportunity to get out and play a little bit. I always enjoy chatting with you, buddy. Have a good weekend, and uh, we'll get you back in studio, hopefully, if you ever get a uh, breath. Yeah, talk to you guys soon. Later, man. There is Mike Mullis joining us. Talk a little sports here on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Uh, We've got Tony Dunn coming up at 4 o'clock. We've actually got a free segment coming up uh a moment from now so maybe we'll uh we'll get some blake harrell comments in here hadn't hit those this week surely so let's take a time out we'll come back and hear what blake harrell had to say earlier this week when he met with the media that's on the way to wrap up our number one of pirate radio live got our bud light ecu report got a bud light giveaway on this free beer friday a 15 pack of 16 ounce bud light aluminum bottles bud light shirt koozies large two topping pizza from domino's on the line hour three of today's show We're back with more Pirate Radio Live after these words. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, Pirate fans, are you craving a calzone? Then Community Calzone is for you. Open seven days a week, plus they're open late on weekends till 4 a.m., and they deliver for calzone wings, salads, and more. Make a community calzone on Greenville Boulevard. Now open for dine-in, takeout, or delivery. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, welcome back into the program today. This feels like the Bud Light pregame tailgate with all the guests we have lined up for the remainder of today's program. Uh, those guests include former Pirate Jake Washer, who will join us to talk about his year, his season as a professional baseball player. He um, maybe indirectly incited a brawl on the field. He also pitched a couple of times. He was able to go to Wrigley and take some swings uh, against some big league pitchers. So we got a lot to talk about with Jake Washer coming up when he joins us next hour. Also, Matt Thomas from Parmalee said to join us in hour number three. So along with the sports talk, we'll uh, have a little music talk as well later on in today's show. Right now, let's hear from Blake Harrell as he met with the media earlier this week, talked about his defense's performance against Charleston Southern and what they'll need to do this weekend, this Saturday, against Tulane. Let's hear Blake Harrell part one. So I was looking at Tulane yesterday four different rushers and or led the team in rushing in each game, four different games. It seems like they've had different options. Is that kind of rare? Have you, know, you noticed it in preparing for that as well? No, that's that's how they were a year ago too. I mean, with Will Hall as well, new, new offense coordinator now. Um, you know, I think that's just Willie Fritz football. And going back to his days at Georgia Southern, he's had multiple running backs. All of them have been really good. And uh, one game, it may be Cameron Carroll. One game, maybe number 22, 6, 5. All four of those guys are dangerous back there. And, um, you know, five, he'll play in the backfield, play out wide. But whoever they're putting the ball in their hands, you better do a good job getting downhill, triggering, and doing a good job tackling because they're all dangerous. And Cameron Carroll had a great game against us last year, so we know all about him. He's the, the one kind of this back and the returner of the bunch. Uh, the other guys are kind of new faces or didn't play as much against us last year. But we got to do a good job against all of them. And it's certainly more of a uh, offensive schematic thing than it is about featuring one guy or another guy. It's about how they do business and how they do things. And receiver, too. 
Uh, you look at their receivers. I think the tight end leads the team in targets. Uh, 23 is next. You know, but two and three are really good players. Four is a really good player. He, he was a big time target this time last year uh, when we played him. So we got to work cut out for those guys out there. Looking back at the, the Charleston Southern game, how frustrated were you with the start, but then also to, to make the adjustments to kind of get things back on track? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't really happy with our performance. Uh, our players weren't happy with our performance, and, and I don't think our fans were happy with our performance. And I think that's a good thing. I think any time that, um, and one of our analysts said that, or one of our GAs said that, hey, you know, it's great to be at a place where how you win matters. You know, not just um, getting through and cutting it by, and, but how you win and how you play matters. And, and that's important to us as coaches. We take a lot of pride in that. That's important to our players, taking a lot of pride in that. Um, you know, the first, first drive, I think it was about a 15-play drive, and we had several third downs, and we didn't execute on third down like we had in the past couple weeks and uh, kept, kept us on the field. And then we had a fourth down drive, uh, play in there, and uh, he scrambled and picked up the first, and then we, we hold him to a field goal. They call a, a false start on that, and, uh, which was close, I, I thought. And then they ended up getting the end zone. So if you don't take the opportunities to get off the field when you can and you leave yourself out there, more times than not, bad things are going to happen. So we, we got to do a better job of that. In the second drive, we had them pinned down there deep, um, you know, stuffed them on the first snap, and, and just had a little mental execution on the, on the second play of the game, and, and you know, our second snap, snap of that series, and it could have been third down from their own one-yard line, and, and you're really, you know, ears pinned back going, going to work. But later in the game, I thought, you know, the kids did a good job making some adjustments, especially on the perimeter and out wide. Um, you know, and, and you got to give their quarterback some, some uh, props, too. He, he played really well. I've known Jack for a long time, and, and he, he – he was a handful the other night, just scrambling around, making some plays with his feet down the field, finding receivers. Uh, overall, I told our guys, you know, we, we looked at it and we reviewed the film and, you know, we got to go back and make corrections. But we had 44 snaps the other night where uh, they either gained zero yards or negative yards. And so that's over 40% of your plays where you're holding zero or negative yards. I think that's, that's a pretty good night. And then explosive plays, we gave up the least amount of explosives all year. Uh, but Coach Houston said this to the football team, the, the team on uh, Sunday, death by inches. And he was talking about a little story there. But that's really what it was defensively. It was not one big play here, one big play there. Yeah, we had a few scrambles. But it was, hey, we get them the third and five, third and six, and we just couldn't get off the field when we need to. And he, they executed, and we didn't. And we got to sharpen those things up. So private guys that came back, uh, you know, executed, changed some things up as we needed to throughout the game, uh, supported the edges a little bit different. And then late in the game when uh, – you know, a defense we practiced all year long. We needed our last two plays of the game. We stuck it in there, and they executed well and, and got it down and, and got out of there with a victory and a win. That's what's most important, you know. Um, and you'll look back and say, hey, that's a win in record books, and that's what matters. So we're proud of that one. We'll move on and celebrate it. All right, Blake Harrell there. really liked uh, him talking about, you know, people care how you win, not just that you win. And, of course, the win is the most important thing at the end of the day. But – uh, I will tell you, being the host of the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show, uh, there were a lot of folks not happy with the way the Pirates won last week. And uh, I also uh, was not really celebrating that one too much last Saturday. All right, let's hear more from ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell. Let's hear uh, part two, Sean. How important is it going to be? Uh, Tulane got off to a good start against Oklahoma. I noticed that when I was watching them on TV, that one game anyway. Yeah. How, how can you address getting off to a good start and getting some early stops? Well, I think more, more importantly for, uh, than just to for us, you know, for our confidence and how we play and our momentum and getting our crowd into it, it's important that we get off to a great start. 
and uh, get, give our offense good field position. Um, you know, and, and I think the same thing happened. Tulane's probably sitting there saying the same thing. They got down 21 nothing last week versus UAB, and they come all the way back and make it a seven-point game, have a chance to win it at the end, or at least score and tie it up. Uh, so they're probably sitting there saying the same thing. So both of us, you know, probably don't want to fall behind early. We need to fire our tails off, get the lead, and, and come out of there on top. You know, you know, you look at Tulane, what's the Oklahoma game, uh, Old Miss game that scored 21 points against Old Miss in the first half. The Oklahoma game, it was up and down, up and down, had a chance to go in the fourth quarter and uh, going down for the winning drive late in that game. So, um, you know, important for us to get off to a good start, but don't, not only that, continue throughout the game of, of just keeping our foot on the gas. I was just telling, telling my position group, I said, you know, if you're going down the highway and you let your foot off the gas, what happens? And they're like, well, you're coasting and you're losing speed. I said, it's the same thing in football. You know, we got to keep our foot on the gas, whether it's a Wednesday practice, Tuesday practice, Thursday practice, Friday walkthrough, meetings, uh, our attention to detail, our purpose, our intent about how we do things has to be great. It has to be greater than Tulane's every single day, every moment. And if we're not doing that, then we're coasting. We're letting our foot off the gas. And it's the same thing come Saturday, whether it's the first play, first series, first quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever it may be. we got to keep our foot on the gas for an entire four quarters and, and, and execute. I think, I think both. Um, you know, you always want to get off to a great start in your conference play. I mean, you got a chance to go 1-0 and this week, and that's all that matters. And, and a 1-0 and in conference and sitting there at the top is a lot better than sitting there at the bottom at 0-1. Uh, that's no certain about that. And you look back at last year's game, you know, I thought there's two games last year that you would love that kind of you, that kind of fires you up inside, you get a little bit bitter about. That's Georgia State, and you don't have to be able to erase that one. And then there's Tulane. And I didn't think we played very well defensively in either one of those games. So just the opportunity to go back and say, hey, here's what happened last year. Let's make sure we get this corrected, get this fixed. And you got more of a purpose hey, going into it. And, uh, you know, I think as a, as a defense coordinator, too, and, and players that have seen a similar offense, those the, the OC's obviously different, but similar, some similar schemes, uh, you kind of know what to expect going in. You know how they're physical they play. You know how they execute. You know their quarterback a little better now. I mean, last year you're coming off out of a uh, – a situation where he only played a couple games, and now I think everybody in the country knows who he is, especially after that performance he had at Oklahoma. All right, there is ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell. Uh, his defense, like the Pirates' offense, has looked really good in spots and uh, has also been thrown on and ran on, and we saw that last week from the talented quarterback Chambers uh, from Charleston Southern. Uh, we got one more Blake Harrell cut. Let's hit uh, one more Blake Harrell uh, as he uh, gets ready for this game against Tulane. I asked Coach Houston about uh, DeBrew. It seemed like last week was kind of the first time. He, was, we, we kind of, he got what he, we expected. Him. Uh, he said that a lot of that was intent practically up to that game. How good is it to see him emerge along with Manny at that end? Yeah, yeah Man, Manny's been solid all, all season long, and Rick's starting to come along, you know, getting a feel for the position now. And we need those two guys to come along big time each and every week. Uh, throughout the rest of the season. So him, him coming, you know, if there's a chance to get both of them on the field at the same time, and, uh, you know, because they're both gifted kids, and, and Rick's really talented and can rush the passer and can move around and twist up. So we need him out there and doing, doing those type of things that he did for us last year and that we saw last Saturday. Coach, how, how, so you get your pick six. You go up 31-14, and then you guys are out there a lot. Did that play a factor in – the last game just being constantly on the field because when they scored even it was it was home runs 
So you guys are out there. I don't have the time on the field in front of yeah, I think we played over 100 snaps. I think it's like right at 100 on, on record, like 107 on the tape. Um, yeah, I think I've been in games where you, two games you might play 100 snaps when you're playing with a triple option offense. Uh, so that's been a little bit different for me. But, uh, you know, and that, and I, I blame our, ourselves for that a lot. It's just I think they were 8 of 20 on third down. Um, you know, our goal is to hold them to 60 per, or, uh, 66% success rate, hold them to 34%. So that would be like, uh, you know, 5 of 20 or something like that. Um, and that would take us off the field. We've been down about 75, 80 plays, which is where we should be. So we got to do a better job on third down, getting off the field and, and executing there. You guys went with the package. I saw the Bruins lined up hanging those and then a bunch of DBs and linebackers. Uh, I guess they got a first down on that play, but was it good to at least get that exotic package? Yeah, that's, that's our exotic. Um, you, you wish it would have executed exotic? No. We ran it twice the other night. Went once uh, when they were backed up, coming out from the, the Murphy intercent, Murphy side. I uh, got off the field there, and the, the other time was around the 50-yard line, and just uh, didn't execute like we should have. You know, um, we got some different things we can do out of that. It's just a chance, an opportunity for us to get some fresh guys on the field, get more speed on the field, more safeties, more uh, corners, defensive ends, linebacker type guys that can get out there and run. And we'll continue to, to build those things, just like we did last season, and, and they can be good for us. Um, you get minimum reps at them during the, during the week, um, so you got to carry those packages throughout the season. But you hope by mid-season, end of the season, all that comes together and we can execute those packages at a high level. This isn't your first foray against Tulane a little bit. Does that help you a little bit to have at least a little bit of experience against them? Yeah, I, th I think so. I, th I think now you kind of know, hey, what their head coaches may be thinking in some, some scenarios, Chip Long. Uh, it's obviously new, him and Will Hall. I know they had some ties at UAB, or not UAB, North Alabama together uh, when they were there. I think somebody said they were, they were college roommates, but they, they come from similar backgrounds. Um, so, and, and knowing their players and their personnel helps. I mean, any time that you know, hey, here's what to expect going in, rather than going out there pregame and saying, oh, okay, he's, he's all 6'1", or he's 6'3", exactly what the program says. So you, you kind of got a good, pretty good feel going in, exactly their personnel, uh, their head coach's personality, you know, and, and even though it's new OC, you kind of feel like, hey, I kind of, I got a pretty good beat on that. Of just, hey, what they've been in the past, what he could be. All right, there is defensive coordinator Blake Harrell uh, answering the questions earlier this week, and uh, boy, I think a new record there from Mark Lindsay: three little bits in one question. That was pretty impressive. Let's uh, take a timeout. We'll come back. Tony Dunn, Chronicles.com joins us on the Fixed NC Live line. We'll make our picks on this Friday. Look ahead to the NFL weekend. Mark Greenheld, Golf Shop Radio Show, joins us also in hour number two. And Jake Washer, former Pirate catcher. We got a packed 4 o'clock hour for you here on Pirate Radio Live. We'll be back after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping. RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on a football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here, Shirley Rhodes, the big dog, Glenn Griffin, and Tony Dunn. CalendarCatChronicles.com joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Tony, how you doing today, man? Good, Clip, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for joining us via the Fixed NC Live line today. Uh, Big Dog, I do have a list of games if you'd like them. Sorry, you can grab this. Uh, I apologize. I didn't do that before this segment started. Uh, Tony, we are pressed for time, so no monkey business today. We're going to get right to the picks uh, as we do. I will let folks know that last week, Tony and I were ten and five. Well, Glenn was also ten and five. We all went ten and five uh, on the year. I'm thirty and fourteen. Chandler slash Glenn is twenty nine and fifteen. Tony twenty eight and sixteen. Tony Panthers Cowboys. I'll say this. I think it says a lot about how this young Panthers defense has come along and how Sam Darnold has has played well through three, three weeks. Because if I told you like one two years ago that you had no Christian McCaffrey and you were taking on this Cowboys team that has one of, if not the best offense in the league. I don't know if people would give the Panthers a fighting chance this weekend. I feel like they at least have a shot to go into Dallas and get to 4-0, Tony. Um, But, man, the Cowboys look good. Well, what's your take on this game? And do you agree with that, Tony, that maybe in years past you'd look at this game and say Cowboys by 7, Cowboys by 10, rather than Cowboys by 4? You know, I don't know if I'd even I don't know if I would agree with that because I think the Cowboys are better now than they were last year and the year before. Right. It's uh, like I do I kinda understand that point is the Panthers have jumped made a jump or a leap it seems like, uh, to where we think that they could slug it out with a offensive juggernaut. Um but I think the Cowboys have simultaneously taken a similar type of leap. I mean their offense has quickly become one of the most impressive in the league and their defense even though been dealing with some injuries and different things they've added a lot of new pieces much like the panthers did two years ago uh through the draft they you know went out and got six defensive picks and it's seemingly paying dividends for them yeah i think you're right though clip is that the panthers do have a fighting shot but i think a lot has to go well for them it's going to be a tough game on the road in dallas you know and uh with a team that's really humming at this moment uh the cowboys but if there's a if it's a way that's going to happen, it's going to be a good defense runs into a good offense, and we'll see what happens. All right, let's get to the picks. Big Dog, we'll start with you. Panthers on the road. Uh, four, four-and-a-half-point dogs against the Cowboys. Who you got straight up? Dallas. Dallas on the road. I'm going to take Dallas as well, Tony. How about yourself? I'm going to go with my Panthers. I want everything to go right. i got to make up a game, and let's do it with the with my team. Tony believing in his team. That's the theme for this game as Washington takes on the Falcons. 
I've uh, done pretty well picking against uh, my team, at least betting-wise so far this year. I'm going to ride with Washington this week. If there is a defense they could face where the offense could get clicking like it did against New York, I think it's this Atlanta team. And Washington's defense at some point has to put it together. Matt Ryan, kind of a statue back there. Chase Young has got to do something. This this vaunted defensive line's got to stand up. Uh, it's got to happen this week. So I say it will happen this week. I'm going to take Washington to go to Atlanta and win, Tony. Yeah, I want the football team here. Is I'm I'm, I'm trying not to give up on them too quickly. I, I'm not going to be off put by that the defense just hasn't been completely locked down at this point. They did run into a buzzsaw with the Buffalo Bills trying to get back on track. You know, after a disappointing, I guess it was week one. You know, um, so the the Bills are still a good team. So I don't really feel terrible, and they they were able to put up some points. So I will take uh, the football team here. I think Atlanta. Uh, I w- I'm not ready to be to believe in any team where their signature win of the season is or Giants. Well, that is the case for both of these teams right now, Tony. <laughs> uh, That's why it's with trepidation. <laughs> Glenn, you are a Josh Allen stan. Uh, so is, was that last week just him and the Bills clicking on all cylinders, or is that really how bad Washington is? I think the Bills are back, baby. Yeah. So what do you think about this Washington Falcons game? The football team in a wash. Wow. Falcons are horrible. All right. I'll take I like it. I hope you're right. Uh, speaking of the Bills, we should probably go spread here, but we just pick them straight up. Bills are like 17-point favorites against the Texans, so we won't have to spend a lot of time on this game. We're all taking the yes. Bills, correct? Okay. Poor David Gully. Tony, I'll let you start with this one. This is this is a tough game. This is a tough leg, Jeff. Hmm. The Lions are at the Bears. The Lions are three-point dogs. Jeff Nadeau says the Bears shouldn't be three-point favorites against anybody right now. It's tough to picture the Lions winning a game because we haven't seen them do it. They, Boy, they were a 66-yard field goal away from doing it last week when the Ravens went in there and won. Dan Campbell's guys are fighting, The offense hard. isn't bad. He's not putting up with crap. He released Jamie Collins uh, this week. Golf in the offense is feisty. DeAndre Swift is a real player. If he was on a different team, we'd right. all be talking about him more. Tony, uh, where are you going with this one? I said it last week. Is the Lions have have been putting up a fight? Um, like like they haven't gotten the win yet, but they they're they've been in these games. I'm kicking myself in the butt over uh, not keeping Swift or not prioritizing them on my fantasy football draft. By the way, almost had my first victory of the season. Came point eight points away from uh. pulling one out. Thanks, Dallas Goder. One one drop pass away. Do you know who you were playing, Tony? <laughs> was it you? You were playing the dog. <laughs> and I was so great. I was so thankful for the Dallas Goddard drop pass because that was the difference between a dub and an L. Drop? Was it a drop or was it a bad pass? I don't know. Either way, it was a loss for me. But I'm taking the Lions here. Um, I saw a quote from uh, Matt Nagy today that said, we know what we're doing. <laughs> I have to believe that he does it. So, um, how about this? Is last year they knew they? I mean, last week they knew they were going to have to put in Justin Fields and, or start him, and there was no um, kind of design game plan for you know rolling him out and getting him in a good position. So, give me um, the Detroit Lions, and 
I hope they bite a bear's kneecap off. I had probably my best bet in my, of my or my worst bet, I should say. I don't know why I said best of my life last week. I had the Justin Fields over passing yards prop. And he, had, right. and he had like well, hi- historically the worst offensive day in NFL history. <laughs> so there you go, Tony. That's why I was in such a bad mood when you saw me at tiebreaker Sunday. I know it was crazy. You kept trying to cheer me up. I felt bad, but I was like, Tony, I'm just not going to smile today. There's nothing you can do to make me smile. Well, I knew it was just because you were out. Really, <laughs> it was a combination of everything. Um, Bears win by two on a last second field goal because the Lions can't have nice things. I'll take the bears by two lines the plus line. the points take the lines all right we got two on the lines i am with the crappy bears colts at dolphins i feel like this is another toss-up game uh colts are desperate at zero and three dolphins coming off an overtime loss i don't know their quarterback situation is a Brissett or tua it's I, I don't care i'm taking the colts on the road to win this game glenn dolphins okay tony Man, uh, I do want to point out: Is there like any degenerate in, in the last pick with you rolling after the worst week in the history of offense to then pick the Bears again? <laughs> really a glutton for punishment, aren't you? Um, this is a tough game because I really don't know what to think of the Dolphins. Um, you know, last year they seemed everything seemed to be trending in the right way, eleven and five, but they just haven't been able to put it together this year. Uh, and the Colts haven't been very good either. It's in Miami. Yeah, um, yeah I think, uh, you know what, I'm, I think I'm going to roll with you. Col- Colts on the road. All right, Browns are at the Vikings. Another good matchup, another pick em type type game. The Browns are two-point road favorites. And I saw this one early in the week. By the way, I like the, uh, the Vikings to bounce back last week. I'm kind of worried now because Kirk Cousins and the Vikings like to live life on a roller coaster and go up and down. But I'm going to say they win two in a row here. I'm going to take the Vikings at home over the Browns, Tony. Yeah, me too. Uh, I know that's, that sounds strange, but, you know. Uh, You're kind of a Vikings, I don't want to say believer, but you think that they're a, a decent, at least a half-decent team. Yeah, they've, uh, you know, I like their coach a lot. Uh, I think that... You know, they they seem to come out and play every week in some capacity where it's not just a complete disaster. But Kirk Cousins, you know, the gunslinger type, I mean, you know, this is the type of year Kirk Cousins does well. So, <laughs> Early in the season before it gets too late and important? Is that what you're saying? Before it matters, yeah. yeah. And then I also don't trust uh, Baker Mayfield just yet in a, like in a shootout. So, like, is that if they get running the ball well, uh, and they get ahead, and they they can let that defensive front go after Kirk Cousins, and that's going to put them in a position to win. But if this game kind of gets like that uh, Arizona Cardinals game, I don't know if Baker can can handle that type of. Yeah, lead. they are a play from ahead team. Yeah, so I'm going to roll with you on the Vikings. Like I think they're kind of like one of these teams that's a little bit better than we expected this year. All right, Glenn, we are fading the Browns and taking the Vikings. How about yourself? I am not. <laughs> All uh, right. Because I think this is the week that the Vikings have a stinker. Yeah. And up and down. Yeah, up and down. Yeah. I think this is a bad Kirk Cousins week. All right. Are y'all ready for a dumb pick? I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> Giants on the road in New Orleans. I'm taking That is degeneracy. Taking, that is degeneration X. <laughs> I love the Giants plus the points. They're bad. But they're not like they're not bottom of the barrel bad. 
What's uh, the spread? It's like seven, seven and a half. Man, give me the Saints. Giants money line. Give me the Giants. Uh, Tony takes the Saints. Glenn, you take the Saints. Saints. I can't right. get with it. I mean, have fun with Jameis throwing. I, I know, I know, but it, they're He's, at home. Yeah. And I think they're different at home. I don't know. That sight lines in the dome, Jameis' eyes, you know. I got him fixed. That's what they say. I think he's got better vision than Daniel Jones, probably. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right about that. All right. To take two penicillin shots this year already because of being burnt by the Giants. <laughs> the only the only bet I'm doing in this game is over six and a half turnovers between the two teams. I like it. Yeah. Now that is odd. <laughs> Titans at Jets. Now, before you make the pick, it should be known, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones out which stinks for the Titans, but... Doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm still taking the Titans on the road. Derrick Henry, monster game. Yeah, I mean, why? I mean, we can't take the Jets until they win one, and it's yeah. like a bazillion years since that time. Glenn, Titans. Same. Chiefs at Eagles. I am so sick of the freaking Chiefs, but... I kind of want to take the Eagles here. I'm taking the Chiefs to win the game, but God, these turnovers... They almost really are like they're just playing around because it's the regular season. I kind of feel like they have a mess around and find out weekend, maybe. I mean, where, not, not where they get blown out, had but two of them. But where, where they lose, they they did. They, they have lost. I know, I know, I know. They I keep know. fumbling. Mahomes is doing behind the back interceptions. They're making a mockery of the game of football. I'm taking the Chiefs on the road, Tony. Give me the Chiefs easily here, Glenn. Look, they're they're upset after losing to. The so am I. <laughs> you ain't out on the field. Glenn. I guess give me the Chiefs. All right. My daughter's wondering why Christmas is light this year. It's because the Chiefs keep losing. <laughs> Cardinals at the Rams. Oh, great ball game, Tony. How much do you believe in the Cardinals? Enough to pick them against uh, the Rams? Nope. Okay. Uh, you know what? I got. Uh, I made a mistake last week of thinking that Tampa – with their experience with going on the road and be, you know, just take care of business and Tom Brady find a way to pull it out of the end. It was not the case. The Rams right now, I, I told, I think I said a team that wasn't the Chiefs and the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Remember we did this when we did our picks? The Rams, man, I'm rolling with them from now on. We didn't have a lot of standalone games last week. Tony took the Bucks. Tony made a uh, – Tony got, I don't want to say lucky, but good call you were on an island with the Raiders. Um I, my standalone was the Vikings, and then I would have had a, the winning week, but uh, Aaron Rodgers got the ball and beat the 49ers at the end. Um, all right, so you're going Rams. Glenn, Cardinals, Rams. What if the Cardinals got it done on the road? I mean, yeah, Rams are riding high right now. They're I know, but you'll be due you, for a fall. You're due for a loss after the I'm taking game. the Rams. I don't know. I kind of I like the Cardinals. Okay. I'm going road team in the other NFC West matchup. Give me the Seahawks on the road at the 49ers. Seahawks uh, got caught up in the Minnesota roller coaster last week. I think they're on their own roller coaster ride, and uh, they bounce back with a win at San Francisco. I think they're better than the 49ers, but I might be wrong. They'll prove it on the field Sunday. Give me Seattle on the road. I'm with you. All right. Uh, you know, is that they. Look, is that, they've got to refocus too, um, like much like the Chiefs. So, uh, give me Russell Wilson against the quarterback list team. Glenn, same. Ravens at Broncos. You know who else likes to mess around and find out? 
but they haven't found out. Lamar Jackson loves to mix in his amazing plays with bad interceptions and fumbles. I'm going to... I don't really... I still don't believe in the Broncos, but Teddy Bridgewater... They're feisty, man. I know that one year in Carolina, like Chandler and Tony really got in my brain, and I guess Teddy's performance, but his record against the spread is unbelievable as a starting quarterback. Unbelievable. <laughs> like Bill Walton. Um... I'm taking the Broncos at home to beat the Ravens on Sunday, Glenn. Ravens. Okay, Tony. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm going Ravens, man. The Broncos ain't played anybody yet. You'll never pick Teddy Bridgewater. Not yet. <laughs> they, if they beat the Ravens, uh, play, uh, you know, actually, they're about. I think they're running into the stronger end of their schedule. They had a real yeah. start. Oh yeah, they've played zero. <laughs> They played nobody. I don't really. Are the Ravens good or bad? I know. They, I, I know. And and Lamar is Superman and kind of bails them out and also puts them in bad spots. So they're fun to watch, but I don't know if they're good or bad. I, I mean, they needed a sixty-six yard field goal to beat the Lions last week. So, what are you thinking about Tim Patrick in this uh, matchup here? I picked him up on the waiver wire. I thought that was a good pickup. Yeah, so Judy's out, and they lost Handler, right? So they're down to Cortland Sutton and and Patrick, Patrick. and that's about it. So no, yeah, no offense. Yeah, I mean they got the tight end, and they got uh, Javante Williams is probably going to start to eat into most of Melvin Gordon's carry. So they got some players on that side of the ball, but as far as passing options go, uh, I don't. Down a few. I don't hate Patrick, uh, Tony. Yeah. All right, Steelers and Packers. You want to talk about two old quarterbacks and going in different directions. <laughs> give me Rodgers and the Packers over Big Ben and the Steelers. Without a doubt. Good grief. Give me the cheese hat. Did you see that picture? Did you see that uh, clip of Roethlisberger <laughs> trying to throw in the run? Yes, Tony, and I didn't know whether to feel bad or laugh. <laughs> I didn't either, man. I did watch it more than once, though. I mean, I respect my elders, and I think Ben Roethlisberger is probably younger than me, but he looks uh, 22 years older than me. He looks Drew Bledsoe-esque. <laughs> Just there. like, can barely, like uh, the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz, when he moves, it kind of squeaks. Like, he needs some oil. He needs oil can him up. Like, he's one of those dudes that, like, breaks their arm just checking their mail. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Grandpa? He, he had an accident going to the box today. <laughs> Uh, Bucks at Patriots. I will take Tom Brady to light up the Pats on the road. Yeah, I think this is going to be a bloodbath, man. Uh, give me Tom Brady. Well, what about how about this? Is that we all thought the Bucks defense was so good? You know they're worst in passing defense in the whole league. You know, that's because they ran into Matt Stafford, baby. Yeah, and, that's and also teams have to throw a lot against them. And that, yeah, like the Falcons, Ryan and them came back, but Ryan also threw two pick sixes because they had to keep throwing. They had to keep chucking it. Yeah. Keep up. Glenn, you taking the Bucks? Yeah. I will say this. I heard a guest on a radio show, and by the way, radio host, make sure you say who's on the air with you, which reminds me, I'm talking to Tony Dunn, Glenn Griffin, Shirley Rhodes here, and I don't know who the guest was on this radio program, but he did say, you know, it is interesting, Bill Belichick gets to game plan for tom brady like defensively i don't know it, it kind of made me think wow could he cook something up the answer is no brady's been a bit went against his defense every day in practice for 20 years that is true as well 
Just a like little. that chess match is is, is it there. made me think for, for sure. one split second, huh? Should I take the Patriots? No, I'm not. I'm taking the Bucks. I uh, have the Patriots defense and fantasy. I set them this week. <laughs> is uh, at what point? How much more success does Tom Brady need to have, and how many more years of struggle does the Patri- do the Patriots need to have before we start asking? Is about Bill Belichick's luggage. Yeah, I mean that's gonna take uh, maybe five straight years of this. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Belichick's still one of the greatest, if not the greatest, coach of all time. Okay, Brady didn't coach the defense. I mean, that's a fair question, Tony. But uh, what do you think? Like, you start to wonder. Well, I'm just starting to wonder. This is that if if really the genius just comes down to him on the defense, and that right. everything else turns out to be like. Who cares who the offensive coordinator was? It's just having Tom Brady, um, you know, made the difference. But at the same time, it feels like, too, is that, like, man, having a good, competent quarterback makes your job easier when you're on defense, you know, because you don't yeah. – you're not in so many situations where they're just getting blasted all the time. So it's a – you know, I think Tom Brady is petty in, or <laughs> is – I don't know what he is enough, but I think he's ready, motivated enough to beat the – Bill Belichick, and I also think that uh, Bill Belichick's ego is super big or big enough that he doesn't want to lose either. He doesn't want to roll over and die. So he's go. I mean, it's going to be an interesting. Uh, it, it's Vince McMahon versus Steve Austin. I mean, I'm pulling for the Patriots to like pick off Brady early in the game. The crowd gets into it because they're going to cheer him when he breaks the record. They'll probably right. cheer him pregame. But like in game, they're going to root for their team. I hope it's a close game because it could be a tremendous atmosphere. Like a, it's a once in a, a lifetime kind of deal where you get this matchup. So I hope it is a decent game. But I see the Bucks rolling them. So yeah, me too. Monday night football. Love this matchup. Uh, Raiders at Chargers. I said before the season the Raiders uh, finished second in the AFC West. Maybe I should have said first, Tony. Um, oh. The Chargers are just going to play close games for our entire lives. Doesn't it's matter who the coach is, who the quarterback is. Uh, they're just going to play field goal games forever. Um, forever I'm in the 4 o'clock window trying to close <laughs> out a win. Yeah. Forever. Um, I'm taking the Chargers at home to finally give the Raiders a loss this year. Me too, man. I don't. I mean, I just can't believe in the Raiders. They picked up their defense last week. I thought it was just going to be a perfect matchup, and they didn't do anything. Yeah, they continue to put up uh, points, but – just a roller coaster. I feel like it's a lot like Baltimore. I mean, if you think about that, we went back to that Baltimore Raiders game. It's like no one wanted to win the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not uh, a believer in the Raiders. In fact, I think that the if we, we've done a segment on our show where NFL power rankings and teams that are ranked ahead of the Panthers, I think we should be ahead of San Francisco's one, the Raiders are another, and Denver's another. Glenn, who you got? Go Chargers. Go. Go Chargers. All right, the picks are in. Tony, good luck. Got your uh, post-game show coming up after the Cowboys and Panthers on Sunday. You can find that on YouTube, C3 Podcast, every Tuesday. And Tony, will reconvene with you uh, coming up next Friday. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. C3 Podcast, Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We will take a timeout, come back when we return. HV3 update, Ryder Cup recap, and more with Greeny, Mark Greenheld from the Golf Shop Radio Show. We're back with you after this.
are listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. When your AC or heating needs repair or replacing, call on the reliable service professionals of Delcor Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Go to delcorinc.com or give them a call at 252-321-8868. Delcor, the service professionals in Greenville. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a busy Friday show coming up. Next segment, we'll talk to former Pirate and a member of the Cubs organization, Jake Washer. He'll join us here inside the Pirate Radio studios. Got that on the way. Morgan Aylers joins us at 5 o'clock. Brian North at 520. And planning to hook up with Matt Thomas from Parmalee coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as they will play the halftime show at Dottie Ficklin Stadium coming up Saturday when the Pirates take on Tulane. We'll talk a little football now and some golf with Mark Greenheld from the Golf Shop Radio Show. You can hear it. 8 to 10 a.m. on Pirate Radio on Saturdays. Greeny, how you doing today, man? Doing well, Cliff. How you doing? Hey, doing great. Uh, a, a good Thursday for Pirate Nation as we were following Harold Varner III at the Sanderson Farms Championship in Jackson, Mississippi. HV3, seven under, one shot behind the leader. Today goes just one under par, finishes uh, now at minus eight for the tournament. And uh, he is looking up at the leader, Will Zalatoris Graney, who goes 11 under par. Shot a uh, 61 today in round two. Zalatoris uh, lighting the course up, uh, having a big one today. Yeah, I'm going to start calling him Will the Thrill. Uh, you know, he's finally an official member of the PGA Tour. So uh, he gets uh, all the all the points that goes along with that because you know he would have made the playoffs based on what he did last year, but hmm. he did not have uh, he was not earning points because he was not an official member of the tour. So we'll see what he can do this year. Already off to a good start in uh, in this first event, like you said, shooting sixty one today. Uh, great score. We actually talked last week to uh, you know the head golf professional down there at Country Club of Jackson, and and uh, he thought it was going to play a little tougher than it did last year. Nobody shot sixty one last year, so. Uh, We'll lighten it up today. Greeny Mark Greenheld, keeping us up to date on what's going on currently on the PGA Tour. Coming off a Ryder Cup blowout, Greeny, did you uh, did you see that coming? I mean, you might have saw USA winning. Did you think it would be by that much of a margin last week? No, and, uh, you know, what I've been talking about this week is I really feel like that Steve Stricker and the vice captains did an excellent job and a little different job than we've seen in the past. You know, we've always heard how the Europeans are such a great team and they all get along together and that they have this concept of team first, individual second. And I think we've spent too much time on the American side trying to mimic that uh, with our pod system that Paul Azinger won once with um, and, and, and trying to get these guys to all come together. And it looks like what we did this time around with Steve Stricker is, you know, Stricker was on record saying, hey, I'm not a big uh, event person. And I think he, he, he built a team of individuals. He let guys prepare the way that they wanted to prepare individually if they wanted to. He let guys, if they wanted to hang out together, they got to hang out together. If they didn't want to hang out together, they didn't. I mean, we heard Bryson DeChambeau was, hitting, hitting uh, balls in the range with the lights on. Well, you know, well, people are normally having dinner. So it really sounds like that finally maybe we've discovered 
that our methodology should be let our guys do what they normal, normally do every week because when we do, they're the best players in the world. When we try making something that they're not, we get beat by the Europeans. So we'll see if something like that holds true going forward. Greeny, uh, coming off that Ryder Cup win, when do we start to see some of those big names and, and the best players in the world, best players in the United States, get back uh, playing uh, tournaments on the PGA Tour? It looks like they're in Vegas the next couple weeks, uh, going uh, maybe overseas after that. So when do we start to see some of those big names uh, sprinkle back into the uh, PGA Tour? Uh, you'll probably see some, maybe a few in Vegas, probably in the second one in Vegas, the CJ Cup. That's more of like an invitational type event. So you'll get to see some of the top players there. Then obviously the Zozo goes back over to uh, Japan. That's the one that Tiger won a few years back. Um, and then, so you'll see a smattering of them then. Um, but other than that, it, it's hard to say, you know, most of these guys are kind of worn out. You'll, you won't really get a field that, uh, that's super strong probably until uh, the Century Tournament of Champions, which is the first event of the new year. So, yeah, we're not going to see one of those, uh, you know, like a Wells Fargo-type field or something like that uh, anytime soon. Mark Reno's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Mark, uh, what's the, the mood in Clemson now that – your playoff aspirations, your championship aspirations are shot after a second loss, but you still have a chance to win the ACC, go to a big bowl game. Uh, can fans even get excited about the, the thought of that after all the success Dabo and Clemson's had over the years? We've got to see progress. I mean, unfortunately, I've been to the, the, game, the loss against Georgia. I was in Raleigh last week, um, and it's not good, and it's a combination of things uh you know our the, the poor defense is playing their hearts out and, and they're on the field so long now we've lost a couple of key starters there as well so it's going to be interesting to see if the defense can continue to hold on while the offense struggles um you know i heard the boston college coach say that you know oh well clemson's just a couple of plays away from being really good well i kind of disagree with that i think i think we've got to find an identity and the and you have a quarterback that seems hesitant to throw the football you got an offensive line that's a little bit younger, um, so it's not going to give him a tremendous amount of time. So if he's not uh, able to get rid of the ball quickly and not and not read and react or pick somebody and throw it to, then you're going to struggle. And um, when you're struggling, and they know that that's happening, you got these defenses that are pinning back the ears and coming after a quarterback, and that's not really a, a recipe for success in the running game either. So I think they've got to – figure out a way to make DJ a little more successful, give him, uh, give him some quick passes, figure out the ways to get the ball in the hands of some of the playmakers and, and see if those playmakers can do something. Because as far as I'm concerned, when they've got the ball, um, when they've got it in space, they haven't done anything with it. But most of the time, they're not getting it in space. So there's some big issues on the offensive side of the ball. And, and uh, well, it remains to be seen if it's going to be a continuing problem or if it's just youth. Greeny could be a, a, a really historic weekend for top 10 uh, upsets if things go uh, a certain way. And starting tonight, number five, Iowa, is on the road against Maryland. Iowa just a, a three-point favorite. You got two top 10 teams, Arkansas, Georgia, facing off. You got Cincinnati, Notre Dame, both in the top 10. Uh, Ole Miss, of course, at Alabama, uh, trying to pull an upset. Stanford host number three, Oregon. Oklahoma, number six, on the road against Kansas State. It's already been a wild year with Clemson with multiple losses, Ohio State with a loss, and, and could get even wilder on Saturday. 
Yeah, it's strange. I mean, uh, when you start looking at it, at least the last four or five years, we've looked at Clemson, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Notre Dame's been in the conversation. Texas A&M's been in the conversation. You know, we've had five or six teams. Georgia's been there. Florida and maybe has had a chance. But now you look at, like you just said, I mean, Iowa. Iowa's 4-0. They're the number five ranked team in the country. Usually the number five ranked team in the country playing an unranked team doesn't matter if it's on the road or at home. They're favored by like 15 or 20 points. Yeah. It was favored by three. I mean, it, it's not a good sign. you got number three, Oregon, uh, undefeated, playing on the road against a 2-2 two and two Stanford team, <laughs> and they're favored by eight. I mean, that should be like a 25-point point spread yeah. we've seen the last couple of years. So, you know, the question is, is it, is it a combination of things? Is it the, the transfer portal is catching up with some of these top teams? I know for a fact, like, the leading rusher at Wisconsin is a former Clemson running back. You know, there's two or three former Clemson uh, quarterbacks that were on the roster that are starting for other teams right now. Is that impacting, um, you know, the top heavy that we've seen? Is it the NIL deals? Do some of these big-time players uh, now have some money and they're not paying much, as much attention to working hard as they have in the past? So, you know, it may be a combination of those things. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show. Going to be talking some golf and maybe some football coming up on Saturday. Greeny, what you got planned for tomorrow? Oh, as always, we got our man Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Uh, speaking of Ryder Cup, we're going to talk to one of the European vice captains, Robert Carlson, and kind of find out uh, what it was like as they were not winning any of the sessions uh, throughout the Ryder Cup. And then we're going to talk to a golf ball manufacturer, Brett Blakely, uh, the Encore golf ball is making a little bit of run lately, so we'll see if they can continue and uh, what they've got coming up. Uh, and We'll talk everything golf and all the other sports. Greeny, we'll uh, talk to you next Friday. Have a great show on Saturday, man. Thanks, Clip. You have a good one, too. Thank you. There is Mark Greenhouse Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. You can hear it 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Saturdays on Pirate Radio. We'll take a time out when we return. Former Pirate Jake Washer will join us inside the Pirate Radio studios. We'll talk about his season as a professional baseball player, as I said earlier, indirectly incited a brawl. We'll talk about that. He pitched a couple of times, went to Wrigley, had an interesting season. We'll talk about it with the former Pirate catcher when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Jersey Mike's is open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Order in the store, or you can order online through the Jersey Mike's app. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, back with you on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Coming up at 5 o'clock, we'll talk to the voice of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, Morgan Ayler's. At 520, we'll go over the football slate with Brian North. And later on in hour number three, planning to hook up with Matt Thomas of Parmalee as they will be at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium playing the halftime show. 
on Saturday. Right now, joining us inside the Pirate Radio Studios, former East Carolina catcher, now a member of the Chicago Cubs organization, Jake Washer is here. Jake, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Good to see you, and uh, thanks for dropping by the Pirate Radio Studios, coming off a uh, a long, grueling minor league season. So, Jake, overall, uh, how'd your year go in minor league baseball for the uh, Cubs organization? Um, as far as my health went well, was able to stay healthy the whole year. Didn't get as much playing time as I wanted, but overall, um, I thought it was a pretty successful year. You had um, <laughs> a lot of, I don't know if viral is the word, but uh, we, we follow all the minor leaguers in the ECU uh, that are former pirates and uh you came up quite a bit for multiple reasons and and one of those was you were pitching yeah now uh what had to ha- transpire in that game to to get you on the pitcher's mound and instead of behind the plate so each game we're slated the amount of pick uh pitchers that are going to throw that day so if we're getting blown out or if it's a close game going into extra innings we only have a certain amount of guys able to throw so once those guys are all burnt then we have to resort to a position player throwing. And funny enough, my high A debut was on the mound. My double A debut was on the mound. So. I mean, we're talking record book stuff there. Oh, yeah. you got to be one of the only catchers to throw and in, in debuts multiple times. So, like, did you talk about it with the coach before the game? Or no. are they like, hey, Wash, go warm up? Like, <laughs> I was in the bullpen, so I was just warming the guys up. As a catcher, a bullpen yeah. catcher, yeah. Right, and then one of the coaches came down, asked, hey, have you ever pitched before? It's like, not since I was, like, maybe 12 years old. <laughs> so um, he's like, well, we need you to throw. So I was like, all right. So wasn't throwing hard, just trying to throw strikes over the plate, and it ended up working well. Yeah, I know your first performance, you got out of it easy clean right yeah. how about your second performance three up three down second one not so much <laughs> okay but right. we were we were in uh montgomery alabama and we're playing a double header one was a makeup from a home game so we were a home team went into the top of the sixth with an out uh walked a guy and then got two consecutive out went back out for the top of the seven. Oh man and gave up my first hit line drive to center uh bloop over short and third, walk the third guy, bases loaded. Next guy comes in, just yanking things foul, yanking. I'm trying to, like, feed it away for him to put it in play, and he hit a grand slam. Ah. Yeah. Hey, so. so you threw two clean innings, mm-hmm. and they sent you out for that other, that, yeah. that third one, and, and uh, that one bit you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, strike out after that one, though. There you so. go. Come back strong. Jake yeah. Washer joining us. Jake, uh, I don't know how much you enjoy talking about this. I loved asking your former teammates about it every time they came on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm not going to say you incited. I, I, I'm calling it indirectly inciting a brawl. You were right there in the middle of it. Tell us uh, what happened on that evening. Right. So uh, beforehand, both teams were chirping at each other. It was pretty hostile to begin with. And a guy came up, uh, was being dramatic, had a ball near his head. It wasn't at his head. Uh fell down was being all dramatic got back in struck him out uh threw it around the horn and he just continued to stand in the box and our pitcher had told him hey get back in the dugout started yelling at him i said don't talk to my pitcher get back in the dugout i didn't expect him to push me but then he pushed me over and by the time that i ran back at him their whole team was there and swarmed me so didn't really have a chance to do much after that is it like a uh is it just kind of a shoving match i mean are there punches thrown what's the uh what's the brawl etiquette on well the field there? that one was as far as brawls go the best brawl i've seen or been a part of <laughs> but yeah um 
my teammates got their uh, got their licks in for sure. <laughs> Talking to Jake Washer, who joins us. You played most of the year uh, with South Bend. You went up to Double A mm-hmm. briefly, and then went back to uh, to High A. So, uh, what was that uh, transformation like for you? Uh, it was a good experience. Uh, it was a true promotion from where I was. Went in, I caught, well, I pitched, and then I ended up catching a game. Um, and that was on the road in Montgomery. And I wasn't used to the southern heat anymore, but <laughs> it was hot, hot. You felt that? Yeah. Bus ride back to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. We get back at like 1.30. Uh, told there was some injuries in low A with a catcher. High A catcher went down, and I followed. Went back to high A. Um, so it was short-lived. Yeah. Uh, so what is that? The uh, the Smokies? Mm-hmm. Is that the team name? I love minor league hats. Mm-hmm. If you ever get your hands on a couple extra, yeah. let me know. I heard you like the uh, uh, the Cursed Goats. <laughs> yes. Maldichos, Calvrichos. <laughs> and if I had another one, I'd give you one. But I, I couldn't even one. find one online. They must really? be pretty rare. So maybe uh, they'll make a, uh, a fresh batch of those. Those look pretty good. Yeah, those are cool. Uh, talking to Jake Washer here in the Pirate Radio Studios. Jake, uh, you mentioned bus rides. I guess you have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's the, the lifestyle like after going a, a full season here of a, a minor league baseball player? The, the meals, the hotels, what's the, what are the pros and cons of it? Uh, different places have both, have their ups and downs. Where we were, uh, South Bend, we had a great uh, park, great facilities. Uh, when we traveled, some places were older some places had uh up-to-date facilities but um it's just wherever you go really they change now i understand you did have uh the treat like a king experience for at least a day or two right when you you got to go to wrigley uh tell us about that experience and why you were uh what you were doing there at wrigley field right so completely random my manager told me hey you're gonna go take live at bats in wrigley uh after our series uh had a personal driver pick me up from appleton wisconsin straight to chicago stayed the night um in one of the hotels there that morning went in had a COVID test uh was shown around ate at the cafeteria they gave us a locker in the locker room we were there before everyone but got to hit in the cage i caught rowan wick he threw 25 pitches on the mound because he was rehabbing he actually was rehabbing in south bend when we were there so I caught him and then got to take three of bats off Arietta. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, Jake Arietta, former Cy Young winner. Yeah, you're taking hacks to the Ivy. Did you uh, did you hit one over the bricks? Or no, anything? but I did uh, barrel one, barrel one pretty good. And with that uh, empty stadium, echo pretty cool. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Sweet. Uh, and uh, I saw some pictures of, and video of that. And uh, Wrigley's like such a classic old style looking ballpark, but. The facility in there is like top of the line, mm-hmm. uh, brand new. Like it looked awesome. It looked yeah, really it's, cool. It's all new, all perfect. It was really cool. So you got a little taste of uh, the dream there, right? Right. So, yeah, uh, show me. It was all worth it. No all, doubt. All the things I have to go through. So what's uh, what's next for you, Jake? As far as your baseball life, what's next on your uh, your baseball calendar? Well, right now, just kind of recover, lay low, relax a little bit before I get back at it. I'm living at home, working a job. Uh, figuring out there until i get back in the weight room and in the cages and keep working and then i guess what the the spring training you'll you have to go down to florida or where do you guys go arizona Arizona. mesa arizona yeah and spring training starts end of february jake washford joining us inside the pirate radio studios jake how much were you uh with what you were doing able to keep up with uh, east carolina another great season another 
uh super regional appearance for the pirates how much did you keep up with cliff and the guys i kept up with them a lot and um especially because i still had my teammates on the team to watch so uh, i was rooting for them every step of the way it was a lot of fun to watch what uh when you think about you, you got hot at the end of one you led the team in home runs what year the years kind of run my together 19 my last yeah. year. yeah you got like red hot there at the end of the year and then uh, but what do you remember most kind of about your career? What stands out to you uh, about your playing days at ECU? My favorite moment, I would say, would be last game against Campbell when me and Cooch Manor got pulled out, got a standing oh, yeah. ovation walking off the field. That sticks with me every every day. So. You were part of some cool dog piles, too. Yeah. So uh, some great stuff. And, uh, and Cliff just keeps it rolling, right? Like We always talk to him. I remember, like, well, who's going to replace Travis Watkins? Like, well, you know, we'll never find another good catcher. And then Washer Cubs and Cadell, yeah. and and that's what uh, Cliff does, keeps it rolling. And mm-hmm. and another thing, too, I, I I hate to bring basketball into it, but I want ECU basketball to succeed so much. But it feels like it's a different team every year and not a program. Right. With ECU baseball, you guys really seem like a family. Like, even guys mm-hmm. you didn't play with are around you'll you know after your playing days probably be around and and that i think that makes it really cool and and that is one reason it's so successful right right and we're always welcome back there i always feel like um it's cool to walk up in say hey to coach um watch the inner squads and do whatever so jake uh you going to the football game tomorrow I don't think I'm going in it. I don't have any tickets, but I'll definitely be tailgating. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's the the true life of a pirate right there. Oh, yeah. Get the tailgating in, and hopefully it was cool to see you and Pac and Volva out there at the uh, the tailgate last week. So you said uh, a lot of uh, your teammates are coming in this week? Yep, I know uh, Chris Holba, Sam Lanier, uh, Wiley Jackson. He was one of our managers. Uh, Zach Barnes. He's very active on Twitter. Yeah, and yes, he is. He's very funny. <laughs> and uh, uh, Volv is here. So we'll good all, deal. We'll all be together. Good stuff. Well, uh, well, Jake, you're, you're always welcome here. If you want to pop in, just let us know. We'll uh, talk some baseball with you. Are you following? So the Cubs, obviously, out of it. I'm a Braves fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they clinched last night. Are you following Major League Baseball, the playoffs coming up next week? Yeah, the uh, AL wild card something to watch right now. Yeah. You got the Blue Jays hat on. I guess that's who you're pulling for. I like the uh, – I liked it. I played with them in the show, and so I started like watching their game. I just love their young talent they have on the team. They're fun to watch. Kind of rooting for Igo's Mariners mm-hmm. since they haven't been. What year were you born, Jake? Ninety six. Okay, you have so they hadn't made the playoffs since '01. It's like the longest drought in pro sports. Would love to see them get in. Really, just tired of the Yankees and Red Sox, to be honest with you. Yeah. So if it could be Blue Jays uh, Mariners, that'd be awesome. But. Mm-hmm. Keeping up with that uh, playoff starting next week. Jake, uh, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, there is Jake Washer. Well, uh, Shirley Rhodes does a great job of keeping up with all the former Pirates. So we'll be uh, following his career once they get back going uh, next season. We'll take a timeout, come back. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. Sorry, Jake, that is a giveaway. Mm. That is not for us. You have me salivating. <laughs> we will be giving away a 15-pack of Bud Light and a large two-topping pizza from Domino's coming up in Hour 3. We're back with more on Pirate Radio Live after this.
listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Rock. Alrighty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. I feel like it's like Super Bowl week. We're on Radio Road. We have all these guests coming in and out. Great to uh, catch up with Jake Washer, former Pirate. Now, there is uh, a concert at the game tomorrow, Clip. So, it, I, as I had said earlier, it is Super Bowl-ish. East Carolina one and one in Super Bowls. Billy Weaver claimed it was Appalachian State Super Bowl against DCU. We lost that one. Mike Houston said this uh, Charleston Southern Super Bowl was last week. We won that one. Now we're acting like this one is a Super Bowl. <laughs> Let's see if we can get to two and one. There's a concert downtown. There's a concert. Or a party of sorts for the reboot. I, I gotta say, after uh, 2020 and and part of 2021, it's great to have all this. It's good this to see all this back. On. Yeah, it's nice to see life and fans back, and uh, hopefully a great crowd coming up tomorrow at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, who will be saying first down? Uh, who will be saying Pirates after Morgan Ayler says first down at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium? And Morgan Ayler joins us now on the Fixed NC Live Line. Morgan, happy Friday. How you doing, man? I am doing fantastic, Cliff. Yourself? Doing all right. Doing all right. It is uh, great to have you back on the show, Morgan. I, hey, we'll start with uh, something I did good. I gave you some good fantasy football advice last week. You got any uh, questions for me this week? Uh, yes, I do. All right, let's uh, let's get it right out of the gate here. Brady or Josh Allen? Oh, we're gonna go right back to it. Uh, well, Glenn's gonna say Allen every week. Let's see, Brady against the Patriots, though. I think Brady's going to go up for like 75 points in fantasy football this week. You know what, Morgan? Uh, let's go Tom Brady against his old team this week. I kind of think that's a good pick, and I had Gronk, but now they're listing him as questionable, so I'm going to have to go with uh, my boy from Baltimore tonight, or this weekend. Mark Andrews? Yes, sir. Not a bad backup, uh, or a starter in this case. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Morgan, a... Uh, a win's a win, but uh, that was an ugly one last week. Pirates get by and knock off Charleston Southern. And it was interesting talking to the players. Uh, Holton said it, Xavier Smith, Rajay Harris, that maybe not everybody kind of bought in last week and gave it 100% and took it 100% seriously at practice. And uh, kudos to them for kind of coming out and saying that. It, it kind of stinks looking back at it that they – would take an opponent lightly it sounds like some of the guys did that i don't think it'll happen again i guess it's nice to have a, a wake-up call a slap in the face after a victory morgan instead of a loss though right well in the past uh what five or six years how many times have we walked away going like i can't believe we lost to them but i think if you yeah. go back and, and you go back last week if you would ask north carolina would they take a three-point win over georgia tech the answer would be yes if you would have asked uh, Minnesota, would they take a three-point win over Miami of Ohio, I'm sure they would have said yes, too. Even last night, you know, uh, Virginia walks out of there, I think, with a, uh, a two-point win against Miami. And if you ask Bronco Mendenhall, would he take that two-point win, the answer is going to be yes. So you take it, you move on, and it might not have been a pretty win. It might not have been a style win, but 
you got to learn how to win first, and I think that's a, that was a big win maybe in the grand scheme of things for the Pirates. Morgan, don't want to overstate how big this game is, but I do think it's crucial. I think it's crucial for this year. I think it's big for Mike Houston to, in year three, beat this team that – you're, you're somewhat equal to. You've actually been behind uh, Tulane. They, they've won three in a row, but a team where they've been kind of middle of the pack, upper middle of, of the American, and that's where ECU wants to get to. Uh, I just think this is a crucial game Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and uh, and one that, that the Pirates need to win if they want to get to their goals in 2021, which is going back to a bowl game. I completely agree with you. I think it's a, a huge game for the Pirates. And I think it's one of these games that you, you've got to go out and you've got to start early uh, offensively and defensively and really, you know, try to set, you know, dictate the game to Tulane. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think this is a game that's going to be a, a slow ground and pound game. I think if we get in that kind of game, you know, I don't like our chances. I, I do like our chances if we go, and you and I have talked about it, going up tempo, spreading it out, creating the run game through the pass game, but those are decisions that you and I don't make, and the people making a whole lot more money above our pay grade makes those decisions. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Looking forward to it. We'll be with you 1130 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Morgan, um, Panthers and Cowboys. Panthers are undefeated. Cowboys are riding high on offense. Do you give the uh, the Panthers a fighting chance on the road on Sunday? Uh, I'm going to tell you, that's going to be a tough matchup because the fact that uh, the Panthers are missing Christian McCaffrey, I, I think that's a huge blow to the, to the Panthers. So I was going to say the Pirates, which we had Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> uh, but Dallas, watching them the other day, it's, it's impressive right now to watch Dak Prescott play football. I think last year maybe he realized how close he came to not playing football at a high level again. and you know, he worked hard. He's on that show Hard Knocks. If you get a chance to watch that, it's really good. Uh, and how much, how hard he worked. But he's, like, in control right now where I, I, I can't remember watching him play like this. And right now he's throwing in. The guys are doing it. It's going to be an interesting matchup. The Carolina Panther defense, one of the best in the league as of now, against a very good and strong Cowboys offense. The last thing I want to do is give the Cowboys compliments. But after watching – what Dak did the first two weeks and what Zeke did week three, it's, it's pretty scary when they got things clicking on offense and the Panthers will run up against it, that. It is. What they need to do, Dak needs to throw it to Amari Cooper at least 20 times, especially down in the red zone. He needs to throw the ball to Amari Cooper this week. I think if he does that, they've got a good shot of winning, and so do I. Morgan must be in a uh, high-stakes fantasy league this year. He talks about it a lot. Yeah. With with my boys, so that's, that's oh okay. So yeah, you got to beat those dudes. Yeah, good luck to you. All right, uh, Morgan High School Huddle, six o'clock. Uh, what games uh, you keeping an eye on tonight across the high school slate? One of the big games going on tonight is going to be Far- uh, Farmville Central and Washington. It's homecoming for Washington, and it uh, should be a good matchup. Farmville Central is a lot better under Ron Cook, and uh, Washington's coming off that disappointing loss last week to West Craven. Uh, and, you know, I think that Perry Owens is going to have his team ready. I think that Ron Cook's going to have the Jaguars ready. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Rose is playing uh, Jacksonville Northside. I think that might be a coaster. Not looking uh, forward. If you're South Central, you got to go down there and play them. But I think New Bern's going to be kind of ticked off after their loss last week to Jacksonville. And then uh, D.H. Conley's going to go down in our Pirate Radio Game of the Week, taking on Havelock. Havelock, again, uh, not quite where they used to be, but they're still very formidable. 
and that's going to be an interesting matchup between the Vikings and the Rams. Big night tonight in high school football. Morgan Aylers will have you covered at 6 o'clock on the high school huddle right here on Pirate Radio. Morgan, appreciate you joining us today, man, and uh, we'll hear from you coming up in about 50 minutes. Thank you, my friend. Later, bud. There is Morgan Aylers joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. We got Conley football tonight. Tough test for the Pirates as they take on the Rams of Havelock. Speaking of Conley and Rose, uh, Thank you to the Big Dog Glenn Griffin, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt for helping me out. On Wednesday, we did a great live edition of Pirate Radio Trivia with Rob Maloney, Conley AD, versus Clay Medlin, J.H. Rose AD. I won't spoil the results, but it was a uh, clash, came down to a a, a one-point finish and a, a good game the other night between Conley and Rose. You can watch that in its entirety on YouTube. A lot of great stuff on the tube as uh, we've got our post-practice comments from Blake Harrell, uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Mike Houston, also some uh, basketball video and audio as well. Glenn, were you there yesterday? I was not. Yeah, okay. Did I, I don't. I didn't. I, I, I was I, in contact with people that were. <laughs> your people were there. <laughs> My people were there. Okay. I had some contacts. I, of course, I had to host this show, but I've been so football focused. I have not even really looked at uh, any of the comments or anything on that. We'll dive into that. I'll tell you what, we got a bye week coming up soon. We'll hit some hoops then. I think we kind of hit hoops then, yeah. and then, and then maybe we look at a little bit of fall baseball, what Cliff's doing over yonder at cls this time of year yeah we kind of look at those two things i think during the bye week yeah we'll do that i'm excited for uh some basketball planning to uh to uh watch some games with pops again in 2021 over that's one thing section I do 213 love about your connection to ecu basketball just that your pops is involved i i don't know yeah. why i like that i just do it's one i like i mean my dad is not the uh most uh talkative guy in the world but so, I like that he gets he gets hype. Are we? Uh, are yeah? That's like our our hangout. That's like one of the few times of the year I talk to my dad. Often is during basketball <laughs> season, and usually it's angry because also, the Pirates are losing. He's also into Hornets, which I think is cool. <laughs> like low key, he's uh, he's into he's the Charlotte. Pitt County's a, biggest Hornets fan. Well, growing key. up, like, and I, my dad, he, he was a great shooter, and and. I wasn't always this uh rotund yeah rotund i could i could shoot uh thanks to him and that was like our our favorite sport like sure growing up basketball we love basketball still do um he unfortunately got me into watching washington football which was uh an awful choice as a child not everybody can be perfect to follow that team but like hoops was uh really my first love and i after every day at school i'd go outside and shoot basketball for like two hours and me just, too that was awesome that was and so much fun beaten down dirt area <laughs> we did have a slab of concrete so. oh y'all had a slab yeah, yeah i, did, I a, did not i had i pounded that grass until it was hard <laughs> and packed baby it was ready uh those are some some fun days uh just shooting hoops after school let's uh take a break we'll come back we'll talk to brian north he will join us Get you ready for this football slate. After that segment, uh, we'll make you a winner. Steve Hill already calling a shot on Free Beer Friday. Says he's going to win today. We shall see. We'll open up the phone lines in just a little bit. Also planning to hook up with Matt Thomas from Parmalee later on this hour as well. It's all ahead on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this.
Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You've worked hard to start your business and are working even harder to make it successful. And that's why it's important to have a bank in your corner when you need them. As the business world throws you curveballs, Select Bank and Trust is here to be responsive to your needs. Select Bank's team of local bankers can make local decisions and cares about you, the customer. Get the business services that are right for your business today with Select Bank and Trust. Bank local, bank select. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. How do you get into Freeboot? It's like fenced off. Where do you walk in at? It's just slightly, if you go out the front door of the building, it's just slightly off to your right across the street. Like where you pull into the parking lot? That's uh, where yeah, just is. almost, yeah, almost directly across from that. I think I can hop that fence. <laughs> I am wearing flip-flops today, so maybe I shouldn't try that. I want to get over there because my buddy, uh, well, friend of a friend, my acquaintance, has his food truck out there. Y'all eat yet? Oh, it yeah. It is awesome. Big dog, you should check it out. You've said a time or two before that that spot's hidden. I take a picture of it every time I get it. They got these fries with uh, cheese and uh, pulled pork on it with barbecue sauce. Yes, sir. And, like, it is... Like like a a North Carolina poutine. Yeah. Of sorts. Very, very good. Uh, I might have to run run over there after the show. Do you have any vegetables over there, like collards? um that's a good question i'm gonna probably say no but okay uh, i'm just curious i need to like i'll look them up and see what their menu is for today maybe they got some new stuff up there all right let's uh head out to the fixed nc live line we talk a lot of food on saturdays with brian north he gives us our ecu press box food update during the bud light pregame tailgate uh he joins us now on the fixed nc live line north how you doing today playing hurt this friday clippy you know <laughs> the tv world the things that you you can do whatever you want to your body, but when it comes to the face and the voice, yeah, that's when you get into some dangerous territory. So dealing with a little voice issue, but we're working our way through it. We're doing all the, the recommended things to make sure we can uh, do the blitz effectively and growl and grunt. Do everything we need to get on your, your sports highlight. Play and hurt. That's uh, Brian Norse guarantee to you. He'll always give it his all. And uh, just uh, conserve your words today during our chat, Brian. Just say yes, no, win, loss. Jeez. you know just just you're, you're not uh known as a short-winded fellow but maybe today would be your uh that would be your best bet that is my goal all right let's see what we can do <laughs> all right uh east carolina Tulane. no uh, okay now now we're doing like the uh didn't johnny carson do the thing where they had the answer and then they yeah. <laughs> i haven't even asked the question yet uh the question is uh i guess how does East Carolina, you know, usually you say, like, bounce back. Can you bounce back from a win? I guess you can when you play like East Carolina did last Saturday, right? I mean, they need to bounce back and play better. Right, and I think, you know, you had the best-case scenario. Uh, normally, you, you learn more from your losses, but I really think that was an eye-opener for the players. Yeah. That, okay, oh, look, we got the win. We even our record here, but, man, we can't do this again, or this just isn't going to happen. And so now you've got a Tulane team. Us old people remember Tulane was always an easy win on the schedule. Now all of a sudden it's turned into this we-can't-beat-Tulane thing, which just seems really weird. But now you have this program that has leaped ahead of you in the conference, and now this becomes a game you have to win this game again in order to get back to where you want to get to. So that's what makes this so big. And, and I, 
I think it, it, I always compare Mike Houston to Skip Holt and how they they rebuilt the program. And I remember Skip in those first couple of years, you'd have those two steps forward, one step back deals. I can remember a game against Rice they should have won, and they did not. They could have kept him in a conference hunt. And so you have these learning moments. And so can they make this a learning moment where they can get back and now be better than a Tulane program they should be better than and get that next win to vault the program two steps ahead? So I think it's a really big question going into tomorrow uh, if that can happen. Yeah, Brian North sets it up pretty well. Brian, this also is a desperate two-lane team coming to town. I mean, like you, I mean, they are used to going to bowl games. They're in a stretch right now, three straight bowl years, which is the most in their program's history. So they're they're used to winning six, seven games under Willie Fritz. They're off to a one and three start, tough schedule. Uh, I know that the, the folks down there think that UAB at home at this point in the Willie Fritz era should be a win. They lost that one last week. So they're going to come here hungry, ready to go. And as you said, they've got recent history on their side. They've had the Pirates number these last three meetings. Which is still, in my mind, it's still, I see Tulane in the schedule. Easy win. It's <laughs> yeah. so weird. That well, I looked at their history, Brian. You remember the Sean King year? They went undefeated, right? And then yeah, right. Patrick Ramsey, they had some good teams there, early 2000s. Matt Forte was a fantastic player, but those teams were bad while he was right. there running for all those yards. So, you're right. You look at Tulane, you see that green and uh, baby blue, you don't think much of it. But, uh, well, we got to we train our brains to think something different uh, with Willie Fritz there. Yeah, and look, and it's a big deal. Now they've got this long road trip, and you've got a young, hungry team that is trying to figure out what it needs to do to be prepared. When's the last time ECU won three games in a row? That would be 2014. Wow. Also, we've been going over some old numbers, Brian. The, the try, ECU trying to get to a winning record this late in the season for the first time since 2015, a winning record in October, which sounds like a – a very tiny baby step, but man, that'd be huge for uh, for this 2021 team. It's also coincided with when ECU went into the AAC, which was a big step up. Yeah. And then we transitioned head coaches a couple of times. And really, you know, ECU was going in reverse while everybody else was going forward. And now we're trying to, we're finally starting to get up to speed again, but we have so many cars to pass. It's like a NASCAR race where we got so far behind in the draft. And now we're trying to, they're trying to work their way up through. So, it's interesting, and again, this is one of those cars you need to pass uh, in order to get that up to that next level of the program. So uh, I, I'm curious. I, I'm real curious how the offense responds. Yeah. And there's been a lot of questions with them again this week, and um, they responded pretty well the last time this happened. So it's just a consistency thing. Like I said, remember with Skip Holt, two steps forward, one step back until they finally got to that championship form several years into his tenure. Brian North joining us. Brian, let's uh, talk about the ACC. We'll start with the powers of the ACC. Of course, I'm talking about NC State and Wake Forest, uh, who are the highest-ranked ACC teams this week in the AP poll. And NC State taking on Skip Holtz. Uh, Skip's been there to Carter-Finley Stadium before. He's taking his Louisiana Tech team this year uh, there this week. And this is one where, and I know, Brian, we talk about how awful of a gambler I am, but... Uh, Louisiana Tech getting all those points at State. State coming off a big win. I mean, this is a classic State letdown spot, isn't it? Correct. Correct. Louisiana Tech is good, right? Yeah. I remember talking with Skip after he left ECU. The things didn't work out at South Florida. He went to Louisiana Tech. I caught up with him in the game. He said, if I could do it all over again, I would have stuck at ECU. Oh, yeah. That is the type of program I wanted to stay at. And so now he's staying at Louisiana Tech and being a consistent winner year in and year out. Oh, this is a real good team that could go in there and pull off the upset because NC State 
they certainly the fans certainly embraced the big win over Clemson. It's about the players, and this game really doesn't mean a lot on the, on the whole grand scheme of things. It's not an ACC game, so I'm real curious how they come out. But if they mess around and keep looking at them Clemson highlights, they could find themselves with a loss, a non-conference loss to Louisiana Tech. Uh, Brian, he said last week Wake Forest would go to Virginia, handle their business. They did exactly that. Impressive win on the road at Charlottesville. Uh, this week, they are home against Louisville. How do they handle success? How do they handle a number beside their name, Brian? 24th in the country now, taking on a 3-1 and Louisville team coming up on Saturday. I don't... I don't think they have a problem handling the ranking. I, I, Louisville's one of those teams that just kind of gives them fits, and, and this is one of those games, I think, when you looked at the schedule initially, for the five of us who actually looked at Wake Forest, <laughs> Brian North and I continue to be the only people talking about Wake Forest in the America. It's, it's just, I, I was trying to figure this out earlier. Is it because of their uniforms, you know, the, the, the really kind of bland colors? Is it, is it because of the stadium they play in, the city they play in? If you put different uniform colors and maybe it's the mascot you know the demon deke's kind of a weird creepy guy that you don't really <laughs> care for something there that keeps people from saying well wake forest is really good and, and fun to watch until they go and they get some high profile wins and so this is a really fun good team but having said that there's something about the louisville matchup that is just kind of scary for them and they're going to have their hands full this could they're on track to have one of those great seasons where they're actually going to matter and people will pay attention at the end of October and November unless they screw it up and lose to a Louisville team that's always very dangerous with great athletes. And uh, North Carolina had their high ranking. That is in the rear view now uh, after losing to Georgia Tech. Uh, Duke and North Carolina going at it. But Duke has a better record than North Carolina entering this game, Brian. 3-1 and one versus 2-2. Two and two. Coming up uh, noon at Keenan Stadium, North Carolina. A three-touchdown favorite. I have seen people say that this one's going to be closer than that 20-point spread. But I don't know. It, it feels like a game North Carolina can maybe roll up a lot of points. Total in this game is 72-and-a-half, Brian. Wow. The, uh, yeah, I think you'll probably see a lot of points. I think the biggest thing that happened this week is Hubert Davis started basketball practice. And so most people are paying attention to that now with Chapel Hill. And same thing happened when, when Duke lost their opening game. Everybody's like, okay, Coach K's last season's coming up. So it's just these two teams have now fallen off kind of that football radar for a lot of people. But what a great rivalry game. We need more trophy games. We need more games where you play for something cool. And so the play for – What, they got a victory bell there, Brian? Yeah, victory bell, which they yeah. spray painted. If the, if the team not in possession gets it, and all of a sudden there's aerosol spray everywhere – right after the game is over is they rebranded their own personal colors. And they've been playing for that victory bell for like 100 years. It's, it's kind of cool. It's not It's not the keg of nails. It's not what's going to be happening uh, next week uh, between Gardner-Webb and Campbell. They're starting the barbecue bowl. Nice. I think it's brilliant. Between East and West uh, barbecue in our state. So that's awesome branding. Uh, maybe not that cool, but it's still got some history there. And I love trophy games. I think more trophy games, the better. Brian North joining us. Speaking of the trophy, the big trophy at the end of the year, it is a kind of a wacky year in college football to this point as you've got Clemson with two losses. Ohio State has already lost, Brian. It's a great year for a team like Cincinnati to finally crack into the top four and make it to a playoff. And uh, this could be that year, and it all starts uh, – well, it's already started, but uh, they could really uh, – put another feather in the cap if they can go to south bend and knock off notre dame coming up on saturday the committee would rather have four sec teams in there than put <laughs> no doubt no doubt there 
there would have to be an SEC implosion, it feels like. By the way, there are one, two, three, four SEC teams in the top ten, Brian, so you might be on to something there. There you go. I think I heard something about the gambling lines of there's a better chance four SEC teams get in than one ACC team at this point getting into the college playoff. I mean, it's something crazy like that. Yeah. Look, I had this discussion with someone else recently. What about if Wake Forest ran the table? Does Wake Forest get in? Uh, based on the mm. schedule. And I said the only way Wake or Cincinnati gets in is if the other teams that are supposed to be there stumble, right? If Wake Forest is one of five undefeated teams that gets in and they're all from the Power Five conferences, they're probably not getting in. But if the other teams have one or two losses, then you have to elevate them a little bit more. So a team like Cincinnati, a team like Wake Forest is going to have to do their job, basically go undefeated, and then hope other teams stumble somewhere along the line, opening the door for them to get in. Brian North joining us. I could be a hypocrite and talk about how uh, you know I'm tired of the SEC, hate the SEC. Uh, in reality, I'm very excited for Arkansas, Georgia tomorrow. I watch Florida, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Alabama. I'm one of the. I'm going to watch every one of them, Brian, and, and probably enjoy them. So I can't hate on it too much. It's good football. I just yeah. think at the end of the year, it's like the NCAA tournament. We don't want to see the same two teams that we've seen play already. Yeah play again at least early on maybe if they all make it to the championship game fine but let's get some different matchups out there to really define a true champion is always the way i've looked at it to sit there and be subjective about who gets in and then let them play out eh, you need a longer tournament i think to do that to yeah to, to actually have it work out but I'm, I'm i've always been the guy that said just take your conference champions make your conference championship games part of your playoff and they sue whoever wins that and then goes to the playoffs and then keep playing from there. Nobody listens to Brian North. That, that includes the uh, the listeners, the big wigs, and even at home, Brian, I doubt the girls hear what you say most of the time. No, no, no. They just when are you done? Blah, blah, blah. When is he done? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Brian, it is uh, Prove It Sunday in the NFL for a lot of undefeated teams. Broncos have their first test with the Ravens. You've got the Raiders on the road Monday night against the Chargers. Uh, the three and O Cardinals versus the three and O Rams. Uh, you know, yep. so you've got a lot of undefeated teams who are trying to prove that they are uh, and do belong at the top of the NFL standings, and maybe most notably the Carolina Panthers, who go on the road and take on the Cowboys. And Dallas for the first two weeks had Dak going to Cooper to Lamb uh, to all those receivers, and then week three they gave it to Zeke, and that is pretty scary as uh, somebody who. Hates the Cowboys and who's going to see them play my team twice this year. If they get the run game going with the pass game, Correct. they're about unstoppable on offense. Now, this Panthers defense has been historically great, Brian, but we know they've played so far. So how do you think the Panthers hang with the boys uh, coming up on Sunday? I'm super excited to see this young defense. Now, keep in mind, the Panthers starting secondary, I think only two of the five in the starting secondary from the opening week are still healthy and playing, so they had to make some changes. But that front four and the linebackers, they just fly to the ball. It's kind of like when I saw the first two plays from App State ECU. I said, oh, my God, that's a top-20 team. Yeah. Well, with the Panthers' defense, I don't care who they're playing. I go, oh, my God, that's a really good young defense. They fly to the ball. And so, yeah, they're going to be playing a tougher offensive team. But I'm telling you, they're young and hungry. And they're going to cause the Cowboys some fits offensively. Not that Dallas isn't going to hit on some big plays with that secondary in question now. But there's going to be some negative plays and some positive plays. And then it comes down to the Panthers' offense, I think. Without Christian McCaffrey, they're going to put more on Sam Darnold and how can he handle that pressure from a pretty good Cowboys defense. So I think this is a great showcase game to find out where the Panthers are 
in this rebuild process because in year two under Matt Rule, we know at Baylor and at Temple, he really elevated his teams in win totals and by year three competing for conference championships. And this Panthers team, boy, it looks like all these parts are building. The key is going to be health and we're on those dings. So I, I just think it's a good game to tell them where they are in the process. If they win, certainly a lot more people will jump on the bandwagon. If they lose, depending on how they lose, I still think it's a building piece for them. It's a, it's a big road game against a much uh, tougher quality opponent. But I really do think this team is going to contend for a division title this year. If this is last year or two years ago, and we, we talk about the Panthers without McCaffrey going to Dallas, we're, we're probably setting it up as a blowout. And it still could be, but it does kind of say how far along this defense has come in a short amount of time, Brian, that we're giving the Panthers a shot here on the road without McCaffrey. Unless Dallas figures out a, a magic formula of, of how to handle that Panthers defense, and somebody will, there comes a point where you get some film out there. Yeah. It's all about adjustments in the league, and somebody's going to figure something out, but does the Panthers, how do they make adjustments? I'm just telling you, those two defensive ends they have, and Shaq Thompson in the middle, and Jeremy Chin at, at safety, they're just strong right up the gut, and, and they're just fun to watch. So even if you get a couple big plays on them, I, I just think this defense is for real, and as long as they stay somewhat healthy, that's going to be their strength all year long, and then it comes down to Sam Darnold, and can he handle the pressure with more workload put on him? High school huddle coming up tonight at 6 o'clock, Brian, so we'll wrap it up here. What high school games are you looking forward to uh, breaking down tonight on the Blitz? So we've got some traditional matchups like the Fossil Bowl between undefeated Southside and a Pamlico team that's had a tough non-conference schedule. But Do they have like a dinosaur head trophy, or what do you give away in the Fossil Bowl? They that's have pretty cool. plaque, and it's got like some fossil things on it. But cool. But right. plaque than an actual uh, trophy. But, All right. uh, they still hand it out, and they put the scores every year on it. So, look, I'm more trophy games. <laughs> disappointed. Yeah. Eastern North Carolina doesn't have more trophy games. Yeah. Uh, we got the mullet bucket, which is great. But outside of that, like, you know, Rose and Conley try to play for that silly backyard belt instead of what should be Family Unity Bowl. It should have a bowl that says Family Ah, uh, yes, FU, uh, the FU Bowl, yep. That would, be, that would be the classic one. But So we do have a trophy game tonight, and that'll be a good one. We have a traditional rivalry with Farmville Central and Washington. But with this realignment this year, we've got games we've never seen before. Northside Jacksonville at J.H. Rose where it's homecoming. Mm-hmm. We've got Kingston and Southwest Onslow have never played in a football game before, and they've been around a long time. So a lot of fun games like that. Um, but conference play, it's all about conference play. And now that the cal- calendar's flipped to October, uh, all these games matter for you can't win a conference title tonight, but you can certainly lose one. North, uh, man, I made you use way too many words today. I apologize. So save up that voice. Let your uh, your wife do the yelling at the kids uh, for the rest of the day. So you'll have something for tonight on the Blitz. Works for me. I, I don't <laughs> follow doctor's orders very well. <laughs> North, appreciate it as always, man. We'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, Dr. Clip. All right, there is Brian North, WCTI 12, joining us. We'll check in with North coming up Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate as we take you up to the 3.30 kickoff. Our coverage begins 11.30 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, and we're fired up for the conference opener. East Carolina, an opportunity to get 3-2 and two on the year. And a great halftime show scheduled for Dowdy Ficklin Stadium as Parmalee will be playing at halftime of the game. And joining us now on the Fixed NC Live line is Matt Thomas from Parmalee. Matt, uh, thanks for your time today. How you doing, man? Doing well, thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate your time and uh, really looking forward to tomorrow, Matt. And uh, I know you're fired up. This is like 
a once in a uh, lifetime deal is the first time as far as we know that a concert's going to go on at halftime of a football game and i know with your background uh with eastern north carolina and ecu you guys got to be fired up for this it's a dream come true for us you know we've always wanted to uh, play the halftime show at homecoming even back when we first started we were always kind of dreamed of doing it so it's really cool when uh i reached out to jj and the crowd up there and we were able to, to work it out and uh man we're, we're just excited i know a lot of fans are fired up to see you matt and on that note what has it been like for for you guys uh in the music industry since last march march of 2020 when covid really hit and and man such a blow to, to live concerts and things like that how many live shows have you guys been able to do uh since last year we've been doing as many as we possibly could this year a lot of them are makeup shows from last year but you know we went from playing you know 100 100 plus shows uh and, and not count the travel and radio shows to you know only like five or six so it was a blow, but I think, you know, for us, it was kind of, we probably needed a break. It was a good break for us because we've been playing together since we were kids, you know, and, and um, we used the time to write songs, and which, you know, ultimately led to this new album we have out and a new single. And so we just tried to use as much time to create as possible and give ourselves a little break. <laughs> that's awesome matt thomas joining us from parmalee uh you can see the guys coming up halftime daddy ficklin stadium also uh what a little pre-game uh, acoustic gig uh, going on too tomorrow right matt yeah, I, about it. I don't have any details right now <laughs> we're doing a little pre-game throwdown <laughs> we've been getting invited to uh to all kinds of tailgates and, and parties and stuff like that so uh man yeah we're gonna, we're gonna stop in and play a little acoustic set for, for the uh pirate club up there awesome yeah and matt uh we talked to eric ward ecu marketing earlier he said you guys were going to play three or or so songs i don't know if you want to give out the set list beforehand but i know you uh you'll you'll have some good stuff ready for halftime right we we have 10 minutes so um we're going to try to pack in as many hits as we can in, in the 10 minutes that we have that's awesome talking to matt thomas of parmalee joining us matt i know you're a pirate fan i was told you were at the uh the super regional last year right there in town to see east carolina take on vanderbilt so you guys uh uh follow the pirates uh even to this day right yeah, man, you know, we got our, our pirate camps on the bus and any, anytime the game's on saturdays you know we'll, we'll, we'll tune in and you know just uh it's just exciting i don't, I don't care where i'm at because I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that's, that's home. That's where we you live right up the street, you know. Like telling my guys out here, they don't, most of them don't know anything about it. But, uh, it, yeah, it's always a great time to watch the Pirates, man. That's really cool. Uh, people will be able to check out Parmley coming up at halftime at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Matt, how about uh, what's coming up down the road for you guys? You got some uh, some big concerts planned for the, the rest of this year or heading into 2022? We're actually going over some uh, – tours today which tours we're going to jump on we have uh we have a brand new single take my name is going to ship to radio on tuesday which means the radio stations will start playing it and then uh kelly clarkson show i think uh maybe not next week the week after that we'll be playing the kelly clarkson show uh that'll be big and uh just touring throughout the rest of the year as, as many shows and things are popping up we're doing like uh you know radio shows and, and other things are coming in so it's just been um you know, pedal to the metal and just keep working you know awesome that sounds awesome uh, so a lot coming up on the horizon for parmalee you can check them out saturday halftime at daddy ficklin stadium matt we appreciate a few minutes of your time here today and uh, you guys have a great set tomorrow looking forward to it dude we cannot wait we'll see everybody tomorrow 
all right there is matt thomas from parmalee that's going to be a lot of fun at daddy ficklin stadium so i've heard a ton of people troy d included earlier in the show say yeah they usually uh go to the concessions maybe head back to the car for a cold one during halftime but uh the butts are staying in the seats uh for tomorrow's halftime as parmalee will be performing the big dog glenn griffin will be there perched up high atop the town bank tower checking it out what do you think big dog it will be the first concert i've seen <laughs> in oh god man i know i know i think i saw aerosmith in like the uh probably like 2008 or something like, I, I really it. hadn't been to yeah, a concert in forever uh it's been two years for me 2019 new kids yep <laughs> when you were talking about like first concerts earlier i was sitting there thinking about how like dire my own personal situation was like troy has all these cool stories about the who or whatever and i'm like <laughs> Yeah, man, but like, I saw Limp Biscuit like four times straight. <laughs> <laughs> I was underage drunk every time. Did you go like, to like X Fest back in the day? Ozfest, baby. Ozfest? You went to Ozfest? Yes. Oh. Where was that? Ozfest was in Norfolk. There was one in Charlotte. Wow. Uh, yeah, Glenn was different. <laughs> like in those times. <laughs> Were you a um, a juggalo? What do they call the, I, mean, I was uh, never a juggalo. Insane clown posse fans? <laughs> I like those guys, though, in the sense that I think that they have a good brand that oh, like has existed for 30 years and they can they can make a profit off of it. Like you I know, respect the business. And you, uh, you think about this, listeners, the, the people you work with, you only see them at work and know their work habits. And but there, there's a different side to people we yeah, don't know. Me and I go are the same musically, taste wise, in that in that respect. Like as far as things we used to listen to or concerts we. I just to. don't see you as a mosher. I never. I do know. you see I go as a mosher? No, that's true. Yeah, I used to do the. He mosh has thing. a calmer personality than I do. That is true. You guys uh, save your exuberance for the uh the concerts i guess i tried to get some of that out of fernando fry when i was talking to him this week because he's such a calm like cool guy when you're talking to him up there in the press box maybe he's into death metal and i was i was like i was trying to get to like you know what is game day fernando like what all the linemen are kind of reserved and i was trying to get to like we know what's game day like in that in that lineman room you guys playing death metal and just headbutting lockers like what what is the sitch we gotta ask rajay about this i was about to bring that up yeah, Rajay was shirt. Rajay, Rajay was had on a Slipknot shirt Monday. Uh, if ECU wins, I'll ask that question. If ECU loses, uh, I don't think the we'll fans have to for later. Yeah, we're gonna save it for later <laughs> on for the next win. Uh, but yeah, he was rocking a uh, Slipknot shirt earlier this week uh, inside the players' lounge. All right, that was awesome. Uh, hooking up with Matt Thomas and uh, kind of talked about what they've been up to. They had some time off, able to come up with some new stuff and that new stuff is hitting radio next week that's exciting and then the kelly clarkson show is that like a that's a daytime show now? that is a daytime show yes all right awesome we'll and to, when uh, did he say he was going to be on they said next week right? next week yeah. okay so well i was just wondering if he happens to be on on monday i didn't know if he, i can't remember if he stated a specific day because if he was on monday new kids on the block is going to be on the kelly clarkson show worlds are colliding <laughs> All right, let's uh, open up the Fixed NC Live line right now and make you a winner on Free Beer Friday. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250. Shirley, what caller are you looking for? Caller 12. All right. You can be a winner of a 15-pack of 16-ounce Bud Lights. Also, 
a Bud Light shirt, koozies, large two-topping pizza from Domino's as part of our Free Beer Friday giveaway presented by Bud Light. We're back with you on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. If you've got damage from wood rot, smoke or fire or water, consider it fixed. If you've got damage, use a contractor that works for you and not your insurance company. Visit FixedNC.com today or call 999-0001. That's three nines, three zeros, and a one. Fixed NC. Restore, renew, maintain. And Clip, I can't believe it. He called a shot, and he was lucky number 12. No, Steve Hill no, was the winner. No. Yep. That's so wrong. I know. I don't like it. Walks away with a 15-pack of 16-ounce Bud Light aluminum bottles, Bud Light shirt and koozies, and a large two-topping pizza at Domino's. Can we protest it as employees? I mean, technically, technically Shirley could have hung up on them, but we are above water here. We do it above, above the table. Well, process I, almost, I almost told because you, if you win, you can only win once a month. And I almost told him that he had already won this month, but then it's when the I looked first. at it's the first of October, he won nearly the well, he won thirty three days ago. Did you not hear Bone Thugs and Harmony this morning tell you it was the it's first the of the first month? The first of the month. <laughs> Steve Hill called a shot earlier this week, called it today, right when I said let's open up the phone lines. Immediately the lines started ringing. Four line we have four lines here. They all filled up. Shirley went one by one, taking your calls, and this some bitch. <laughs> I don't know the magic. All I know is we're not setting it up. He's got a secret formula. No rig system here on how to get through. at all. I don't. I don't know what he's well, doing. But. All I know is is that he's got to be one lucky sob, and I'm gonna have to give him. Uh, um, I'm going to have to DM him and ask him for lottery numbers. Josh but, says second week in a row he was caller 4 and 11. So, Josh, your system is not working. You're a little you're, bit off. You're just tab it <laughs> just a bit outside. Adjust your system. A yeah. Bit. Just a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Three, there was three of those. Can we play? I wish we had that clip ready. I know. I, uh, There's three of them right back to back. I'll have this that week. next week. Uh, we do have, let's hit one more Donnie cut, Shirley. We got uh, Donnie part two. Hold on one second. That we have not played yet Yep. Uh, from earlier this week as he answered questions from the media after Wednesday's practice. What would it look like with this offense if Keaton and Rajay were just both in sync? I mean, have you thought much about that? Uh, what, how good that could be? Well, you know, that's what we're, we're you're talking about playing them together at the same. Well, you know, the only thing, there's only one ball. You know what I'm saying? So only one guy's going to get the ball. So what you're doing is you're taking a really talented player and telling him to go be a decoy, which sometimes is an effective tool, okay, to have a decoy, or you're having them block, you know, for the other guy. And that's okay, too, because they're willing to do that. Uh, we probably just feel like keeping them fresh, rotating them. You know, if something happens to one, you still got the other one is a better strategy for the whole season. 
But if we could ever get the running game just going consistently so that uh, – because I think Rajah had probably the better game in the second game or something, you know, running the ball. So we get his power running game going. We get Keaton's big explosive plays going. And then we could get the passing game clicking, you know, more consistently. We've got enough guys that can touch the ball, you know. I mean, and we are spreading it around enough. Sometimes you – you, you you try to overdo that maybe you know what I'm saying, but we got plenty of guys that can make the plays. We just got to do it four times in a row. You know, it's like in baseball, you got to put hits together, okay, to, to get those runs in. So now we got to keep doing that. And we we're just not consistent. We're just making too many mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And like I say, we're just uh, that's on me. That's that's totally on me. That we got we got to get them to do better. Receiving wise, I know you aren't playing a ton of receivers right now. Probably tight end has something to do with that, um, but. Yeah, are guys like Taji Hudson, Jari Patterson, are they close at all, or where are they going to stay? Well, Taji has played in the special teams, but he's had some injuries that have kept him off the field. He's had a really good week of practice. You know, it's odd that you said that. Maybe you saw some of that. Yesterday he had the best day he's had since he got here. And, you know, we were watching the tape saying, like, wow, okay, he's feeling better. Uh, and, and Jari is learning the system. It's just a matter of him knowing what to do at this point. You know, I'm not trying to slam him, but he – just hasn't learned what to do enough to be in there to take out Tyler Sneed or then when he's out going playing more tight ends like Ryan Jones and giving them those reps. And so, again, you, we're, we're rotating, you know, enough guys that I think they're staying fresh. Tyler Savage has played a little bit because we're not trying to overplay C.J. and we, we have a tendency to do that at times. But at the same time, we always come back and go, well, we need to get the ball more to C.J. You know, well, you can't get it to him if you keep playing more guys. Well, we want to get the ball to Ryan Jones. I'm telling you, when we finally get it to Ryan Jones, then everybody's going to say, well, okay, I get it now, because that's when it's going to really get good. And, you know, Shane has shown, oh, well, let's don't forget Shane. You know what I'm saying? He, he can do it too, so we want to get him the ball a little bit. You still want to get those backs the ball, you know, and, and they're getting it in the passing game too as well as the, the run game. And, and just, oh, just I can make big plays. Well, let, let's make sure we don't get him out too much. So that's what I'm saying. we got plenty of guys that can do it. We're playing enough guys. The depth comes in when you guys get beat up, like the offensive line. We, we ain't got enough. You know what I'm saying? At one time, you're thinking, what are you going to do with all those old linemen? Trust me, you'll need them all. You know, Bailey goes down early, okay? Noah's a halftime player because of his back situation. We're hoping as the year goes on, he will build strength and stamina and, and be able to play longer. But right now, he's, he's not been able to do that. Then Rob gets hurt. You know, we're down another guy all of a sudden like that. So uh, Avery missed basically two weeks of practice. He didn't practice because he got hurt in the last play of the South Carolina game. He was able to come back and play. Didn't play as well because he didn't practice. And then last week he got a uh, infection in his leg and uh, missed the entire week of practice, came back Thursday and was able to move around. So, uh, boy, they go fast. Luckily we had Trent. Trent stepped in there and helped us out. Coach, uh, what, do you, what do you guys do this week so that you're able to come out and hit right away on Saturday? You know, we've uh, – We've, we've practiced very hard this week. I mean, it's been up. It's been upgraded from what it usually is, and it's usually pretty intense. Uh, coach has thrown a lot more competitive drills. The uh, one offense versus the one defense. We've gone more, and we've started the practice. Uh, we start with special teams always, but right after the first special teams deal, we've gone good on good to to try to simulate. Okay, let's, let's don't miss any possessions obviously we didn't come out very well you know obviously that's captain obvious to say we didn't start very well you know 14 nothing in the first quarter didn't get it going to the second quarter there so I think that's it just putting that on their mind that hey we got to start faster you know like that 
All right, that is Donnie Kirkpatrick. He's Carolina. First three weeks of the season, uh, even in the losses to App State and South Carolina, scored the first touchdown of the game. Uh, happened in Charlotte, was followed immediately by a missed extra point. Uh, Pirates got out to a 14 nothing lead week two against South Carolina before, well, we know what happened uh, after that one. Marshall got on the board first with a field goal, but ECU responded with a touchdown. And then last week was the first time East Carolina had uh, really took a, a shot to the face early in a game and got down 14 to nothing, was able to come back. Looked like they were going to blow out Charleston Southern. Uh, offense sputtered in the second half, but where they were able to pick up the win. So three out of four games, East Carolina has come out first uh, with the first touchdown of the game. That is pretty crucial for tomorrow's game against Tulane as uh, Tulane has gotten off to slow starts happened against Oklahoma now they were able to crawl back in that one and uh, really fight back in the second half got off to a slow start against Ole Miss they were down 21 to nothing last week to UAB before they made it a close game fought back in it but ended up losing so this is a uh, a two-lane team that has gotten off to slow starts this year. Maybe something East Carolina can take advantage of, get out of the gates fast uh, against the Green Wave. I believe East Carolina has won the toss and chosen to kick the last two times uh, they've won the toss. So does that change? Maybe they, they take the ball first, try to score, or, heck, they, they've won the last couple of games, so maybe they stick with the win the toss and kick. We shall see. Coming up on Saturday, we'll be with you 1130 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to the 330 kickoff. Coming up next, uh, if you're listening to our live edition on Friday, the high school huddle with Morgan Aylers. We got Conley football coming up tonight as they take on Havelock. West Hines ready to go. And uh, Alan Vick, Rob Maloney on the call coming up tonight at 7. Morgan Aylers is up next with the high school huddle. Thanks to Shirley Rhodes and the big dog, Glenn Griffin. And thank you for tuning in today on Pirate Radio Live. We'll see you back here on Pirate Radio Live Monday, 3 o'clock. And we'll be with you 1130 a.m. Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.